Okay, it's Monday. We're back at it. The Robert Chabell Show is about to begin. We got a great show lined up, including my good friend Marcus Ellis joining us again. It's been a while talking about uh, uh, difficult circumstances economically. If a family of people are are uh, concerned about how do I address something very serious, degenerative diseases, cancer, and otherwise, and maybe you just don't have the money. I mean, my gosh, that's a that's a that's a tough situation. Uh, Marcus Ellis talks about these viatical settlements. If you have insurance policies, how you can convert them and get coverage uh, or get care that you need. Anyway, that's one of the things we're talking about today. The other is uh, Super Don's trying to tick me off with uh, big pharma marketing schemes. No, 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 he's not marketing or scheming. He's highlighting and spotlighting these articles that I'm supposed to get mad at. And I might, but I don't know. I'm recovering from injury, wrecking my bike last week. I'm okay, I'm upright, but I'm like creaking into it. And we're going to see what happens today on the show. Share this with your friends if you don't mind. You don't. You never know what's going to happen. It's robertscabell.com slash listen. There's a chat room there. We'll check you out. And uh, you can check us out. Let us know what's going on. And we'll kick this healing party into gear right about now. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, cranking up the broadcast week, even though we technically start on a Sunday. I had a great uh, interview. I hope you all uh, viewed it or have heard it on podcast now uh, with Tia Severino. She announced already the next steps for next year. So we're planning ahead. There's lots going on. And uh, those of you who are present here, it is, uh, what, the 7th of August, 2023. And I'm set to, uh, well, do another show. What does that mean? Well, it means that you might be uh, offended. You might be enthralled. You might be uh, just excited. You might be healed. There's all kinds of things that can happen, but this is life. (laughs) This is what happens. Kind of like when I go out on a mountain bike ride. Will I come back scathed or unscathed? And uh, last Thursday, it was scathed. But I uh, went back to the gym today and and started my my, ride. it's a minor rehab. Honestly, it's not so bad. It's just, you know, annoying and lingering. But then again, sometimes when you have these things happen, you're like, man, I'm grateful to be alive, but man, it, it's okay to have symptoms when you're alive too, because zero symptoms means you're not alive. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to consider. And I will just share this one nugget of what I perceive to be wisdom about health and healing and disease. The idea that health is the absence of symptoms is absurd. It's downright dangerous because the only way to absent, uh, be absent symptoms is to take things that eliminate the body's communication tools, the nerve system and other systems of the body that communicate to you something's going on, something you're alive. Now, not all symptoms are pleasant. Not all symptoms are horrible uh, if we talk about what a symptom is. But typically, symptoms are interpreted to mean that there's a disease present, whereas I would argue that A symptom of fever, for instance, is a body responding to a threat from within or without, including injury. You could have a fever from an injury as your body works to help inflame the tissue to begin the healing process or process, depending on how you say it. And and so I just want you to consider that so much of what you have been told, what I've been told, what we've been taught and programmed to believe about health and healing and disease, because it's come from allopathic flexion report medical school training, is not correct. In fact, it's the opposite of correct. It's, it, it leads us down a dark path of drugging everything that moves, that has a symptom, that has an emotion. And we'll talk about that with Big Pharma's attempts to make every six-year-old kid 
a victim of ADHD and the resultant stimulant drugs that they want to put you on through childhood, adolescence, and maybe the rest of your life. So welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show, everybody. we got Marcus Ellis standing by, my good friend. He's got uh, some options for you. For those of you who are in a uh, what I would call a, a disastrous situation of uh, medical bills that you can't meet, um, you're looking for integrative or natural therapies that could cost ex, 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 very, very could cost a lot, and you want to go that route instead of that which insurance covers because you know that which insurance covers is well very dangerous. The treatments covered by insurance are more likely to lead to your death than your life, especially when it comes to cancer. And this is not me saying do or don't do something. It's about openness and, and, and recognition and acknowledgement that there are many paths to healing, and most of them are not approved by the Fear and Death Administration. Maybe that's why you tune into the Robert Scott Bell Show occasionally. Uh, robertscottbell.com slash listen for the chat room. Y'all check it out and uh, let us know what's going on today with you. And I don't know if we have questions of the day today, if things are coming through, but regardless, if you've got a question spontaneously, drop it into the chat room. Either I or Super Don. Is that how you say it? I will or Super Don will. Look at it, see it, maybe respond to it. First article uh, is coming from the Daily Wire. How Big Pharma's marketing machine is fueling the ADHD surge. This, this is a fascinating opinion piece by Matt Walsh from the Daily Wire. And he acknowledges what we've been covering, what I've been covering for years. More money, more power, more influence in industry does not have then well when compared to big pharma i mean it's just an, it's just an amazing thing they programmed the people of planet earth or let's say primarily the people the western mindset which was very vulnerable because we were so enamored with technology and we abandoned the spirit that we were told that uh the uh, chemistry of big pharma could save everybody from everything whether we inject you from the day you're born or uh pill you pill pop you uh, throughout childhood and into adulthood, you'll be good little consumers. Remember the old commercial? Uh, I, I don't know if this was uh, from the 70s or the 80s. You know, where did you learn to take drugs? I learned it from you, Dad. You remember that one? That was a PSA I think they had on TV everywhere. I don't know what decade. Was that the 80s, Superdome? Maybe you'll remember. But, you know, you open up the, the, the medicine cabinet in, in the bathroom, and it's just filled with all kinds of over-the-counter prescription medications. And then the dad or the parents are shocked that the kids are doing quote unquote drugs. Now they might actually be doing safer drugs if it's weed than that, which is pharmaceutically approved. Now this is not me endorsing and advocating young people doing this stuff. I'm just acknowledging uh, a, a safety profile, dangerous profile, et cetera. Every, everything the FDA approves has various degrees of toxicity by definition, even ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. As safe as those are medications are, compared to most medications, they still have a toxicological profile. Now, someone would say, push back on me and go, but Robert, you know, you could you could eat too many bananas and get sick. Duh. <laughs> I've, I've never denied that. I'm just, I'm just saying in the average course of human events, uh, how many people have OD'd on bananas? Is this a real issue? Are we going to have to have congressional hearings on, you know, putting a special warning label on bananas or are people genuinely and generally intelligent enough to figure out when you're satiated, stop eating. And maybe 50 bananas is not as good as eating one or two or three. If you need them, I'm just saying, just thinking about that. So where do we get the idea that kids are deficient in methylphenidate PMP, you know, ADHD drugs, Remember, part of the problem in America and New Zealand is that there's direct-to-consumer advertising for these drugs so that they actually could bypass the doctor and go to the consumer and go, hey, 
ask your doctor to give you or your kid this. Well, the vulnerability is most Americans, yeah, I could say that, most, maybe, is it 50.1% most? Is that Does that count? I don't know what the percentage is. But let's just say most Americans are not aware that the additives, preservatives, colorings, flavorings, pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, heavy metals, GMOs, glyphosate, et cetera, uh, lack of hydration, lack of minerals, on and on, contribute to aberrant developmental uh, disorders as opposed to barrent developmental disorders. Is aberrant the opposite of barrent? <laughs> Just think about these things from time to time. Uh, well, these disorders, these metabolic disorders are due to what? Toxicological exposures and or nutrient deficiencies. Fat deficiencies inclusive. Especially these kids need it for the brain and nervous system to develop properly. Copper is needed. All of these things. And yet the pharmaceutical church and its ownership and control of our regulatory bodies and the advertising uh, community as well, which means they own the uh, mainstream media presenters, the so-called news readers. They say the news, they read the news, and they're given scripts from PR, public relations firms, to read about the wonders of big pharma and uh, ADHD drugs as well. Now, the author here, Matt Walsh, goes into uh, great depth as to how maybe this happened the marketing machine fueling this ADHD surge, which it isn't a real thing. I'm not saying symptomatically attention deficit hyperactivity disorder doesn't exist, but as a disorder in and of itself, it's just like it's abuse of your nerve cells. It's abuse of your brain. And that abuse starts with the food you're giving your kids. Are you giving them highly processed junk foods, fast foods, packaged foods, cellophane enriched foods, What's going on there, moms and dads? And I know I grew up on that kind of food, fast foods, and I was suffering all kinds of ways because of it. But we went to the doctor dutifully. I was given various medications, most of them related to, to my allergies and inflammatory conditions, respiratory issues. We didn't have so much diagnosis of ADD at the time, attention deficit disorder. But there are other things that you know have, have, have warped the mind of the 20th, 21st century Americanus Bubicanus the short attention span through, you know, electronic media, feeding people, you know, endorphin hits through media as well. Created this weird relationship with what we call food. It becomes food is inconvenient to slow down enough to actually prepare it from your garden. Or if you go to a grocery store from a raw, fresh vegetable or fruit, whatever you're going to do, it became impossible because of the motivation of what? The Westerner to, I can't be bothered making or concerning myself with food. I just got to find it fast, rip it open and eat it because I got to do other stuff. And so our value system shifted to the point where we got kids sitting in school eating, you know, sugary cereals before they get there. And they're either asleep or they're bouncing off the walls because they, you know, their, their metabolism is so messed up and their minerals are so deficient that you end up going, I'm at a loss, moms and dads. I'm at a loss. I don't know what to do. Take your kid to the pediatrician. Pediatrician, oh, this is classic ADHD. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I saw a commercial about that. Do you have some Ritalin for my little Johnny or my little Susie? Would that help? Would that be all right? And, and you know, these drugs that just destroy the brain and nervous system over time by hyperstimulating the nerves, they've become a staple of childhood in America. And, and I wonder, you know, if, if you say to me, Robert, you're being mean because uh, we tried everything and the only thing that worked was the drug. And you've heard this from people on SSRI drugs and they put kids on this stuff too. 
well, I tried everything, but nothing worked. And then you begin to ask them the things that you tried. Did you try uh, heavy metal detoxification? Did you go all organic? Did, did you stop with the highly processed foods? Did you supply minerals to affect the liver and the, and the chromium to affect the ability to utilize uh, energy, stored energy or energy coming in through food? No, we didn't do anything that, but we did everything. And now we're on the drug. So shut up and leave me alone. So we have, have diverged so far away from the natural world of how the body needs certain things. It doesn't need others and how that manifests uh, behaviorally, if you will. Because remember, ADHD is not a blood test scenario. It's not a urine test scenario. It's not a hair. There's no independent objective test like, oh, we have a PCR test for ADHD. Of course, TCR tests are crap too. You know that. And so we, we, we've got this whole uh, buildup of an artificial reality that big pharma encouraged into existence and big pharma, big food, big agribusiness, they're all kind of connected, you know, and they corrupt the integrity of the metabolic functioning of every cell in the body, which manifests difficultly for the soul inhabiting that body going, I'm in this body. I don't know what's happening here. Ah, I can't do it. I'm hypoglycemia. Ah. And so all of this happens and you're you, rather than anywhere where they're encouraging you to look at food as medicine. Oh my gosh, it's the opposite of that. If you say food is medicine and you sell the food, the FDA, the FTC will come down on you, will likely uh, bankrupt you, if not arrest you, for violating some commercial code. Despite the fact throughout history, all humans knew that food mattered and that having good food matters, having bad food, uh, not so good. <laughs> Yet now it's a drug deficiency disease. It's astonishing what we witness. And then, you know, weigh it on down later as they destroy the brain and nervous system, you see neurological degradation diseases and you see cancer. And then you have to triage in, in a way that's unaffordable, untenable, and, and, and just you wouldn't look forward to it for anybody. The kind of things they do in cancer uh, treatment, approved, right? Chemo, radiation, surgery, that kind of thing. Brutal. And all of those things can be tracked back to the food that you did or didn't eat. Or the drugs that you did or did not take, particularly the ones that you did take, that caused further uh, toxicological burdens and destruction of various body systems, resulting in what? Radically different symptoms. Oh, little Johnny's doing so much better in school since we put him on methylphenidate. Ritalin. Who cares what happens to his brain and nervous system throughout life? Hopping these kids up on drugs just to neutralize them. And what about the, the education system that also instigates attention deficit, even if you're doing right by your kids, sitting them down for eight hours a day, filling them with propaganda and programming, teaching them about the glory of government, not God, and how that impacts the, the worldview. If you remember being back to, to, to being a kid, any of you that were basically healthy, were you not bouncing off the walls with energy in school? Like, how do you sit down at that age? Is that what you should be doing? And I guess the question then is, if you're not bouncing off the, the, the walls with energy at, at the age of childhood, then maybe you're not well. Maybe they're trying to mitigate kids that are largely healthy that just need to be outside learning in the natural world rather than drugging them so that they become good little citizens programmed to punch a clock, if that even exists anymore or to get a digital ID and to pay for their food at Whole Foods with something implanted in their skin. Mark of the beast, anybody? So from uh, ADHD being marketed by big pharma into reality and the drugs for it, you now have Ozempic, the manufacturers of Ozempic and Wagovi. They're courting black people. 
tar- targeting black people. Now, now this could be a racially tinged uh, opening monologue. Now, as I said, I'm covering a subject that it, it delineates you by your racial heritage. The makers of Ozempic and Wagovi, they're, pro- they're, they're, they're courting prominent black leaders. Why? Because they want to curry favor in the government with Medicare to get this lifestyle drug, this last resort lifestyle drug, you know, just right before you go into what gastric bypass surgery. Let me try this first, right? You don't want to eat better. You don't want to address the mineral deficiencies, the toxicological burdens that are causing the weight gain and all the other things besides the uh, diabetes, et cetera, that this was originally uh, prescribed for. You don't want to look at this as a deficiency of uh, chromium and vanadium, right? Get on the glucose sugar balance from uh, Jonathan at ChooseToBeHealthy.com, the food research brand. You don't want to do any of that. You're like, hey, give me that drug. Everybody's losing weight. See the Hollywood people? And we've talked about the nasty direct effects that are not marketable called side effects. Big Pharma's Novo Nordisk turned to influential black Americans in pursuit of what would be a lucrative victory, having Medicare cover a new class of weight loss drugs including the company's highly sought Wagovi, which can cost patients more than a thousand a month. I saw a billboard on the, on the highway the other day, super Don, they were offering this stuff for three seventy five a month. I don't know. It's like, is that much competition that they're cutting their losses or are they, is there, is there a loss leader now? I don't know what's happening. I don't know if that was the real deal. Maybe it was something different. Generic injections. I don't know. Maybe I, I heard that there was, there were, there were some compounding pharmacies that were trying to, uh, to come up with their their own version of this, but they got shut down immediately uh-huh. by Novo Nordisk. <laughs> they're yeah, like, no, I'm no, 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 no. So, so no. what do you think, Super D? I mean, if 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 they're targeting people with more pigment than you and me, isn't that a, you know it's a racially charged component? It's like if we can impact well, the black leaders, see, to get- there's more to the story here. Okay, mm-hmm. here's and and, and uh, you know when I read this, I was just like, wow. I didn't really get a chance to fully digest it, but from what it was that I got to read, I was looking at this and I'm going, man, this is exactly how Big Pharma works. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a perfect example, but it turns out here, check this out. Novo Nordisk, company that uh, advertises makes Wagovi, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they apparently have donated a ton of money to the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation, mm-hmm. to the uh, Asian Pacific American Caucus, uh-huh. <laughs> and to the uh, Congressional Hispanic Caucus. All three of these apparently now are backing a bill mm-hmm. on health disparities that uh, would uh, allow the Wagovi and Ozempic to be covered by Medicare. Now, it turns out way back in the day, you remember FinFin? Yeah. Uh, that uh, caused Medicare to go, no, 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 we're not going to do weight loss drugs, Right. Yeah. When that happened, because that was a that was a train wreck. Remember that, was that? A disaster. Yeah. And so let me let me get back over here and get this click, mm-hmm. click. Come on, here <laughs> we go. Uh, so yeah, so now uh, you've got Wagovi and Ozempic are going. Hey, you know, guys, look. I know we've already made a gazillion, million, trillion, billion dollars on this thing. Mm-hmm. It's really hot right now. Everybody wants it, but we need some more money. We yeah. make more money, right? Yeah, yeah. So they have figured out a way now to try and get these minority groups to be able to back these bills to get the, the um, in in Congress to uh, get Medicare so, to cover them now. So if you do that, imagine the floodgates that would be opened if Medicare covered with Govino Zempic. All right? right. So here, here's where my interpretation of what's happening here. They're targeting Hispanics, Black people, and and Pacific Asians, Pan Pacific yes. Asians. Yes. Because 
Are, what, are their butts bigger? I mean, what is what is going mm. on here? No, no. Think about this. Is like how do we target groups of people for this how, drug how, that they say there's a disparity? Well, here. it's it's My not even that, Robert. It. Think about it. I mean, it's not just minorities that are covered by Medicare. No, it's everybody, but look right? who they're targeting. Why? How are they? No, 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 no. Here's my, here's my opinion. Here's my, my theory on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you get these minority groups uh, backing this bill, it's going to have a better chance of passing than it would be if you had a bunch of old white guys up there trying to pass this bill. Yes, I get that, Super Don, but I'm just thinking of the people of that, those three groups that are targeted, should they not be what offensive offended is not the right term, but targeted. They feel targeted by a drug well, that can destroy their health. But listen, of course, it's not like Wagovi went into these groups and said, hey, guys, we'd like to uh, have you uh, have a, a violent diarrhea and have all of your hair fall out. No, that's not what they're saying. No, but the people they're going, listen, it's obesity. Them. Obesity is a disease. Yeah. Uh, the minorities in this country are uh, affected Up by disproportionately, obesity disproportionately, yes. and so we are here to help you. Yes. Big so it's not going to come you. across to the minority groups as being targeted. It's going to come across as, hey, we're here to help you. And, oh, by the way, we're also going to donate a half a million dollars to your organization. Yeah, super DOK. You, you take that. I get the perspective. But you're targeting these minority groups. And guess what? The people that theoretically represent them sell them out. They sell their souls to sell their people out for the money, the profit that ends up poisoning and harming and killing just as big pharma does. So they now know if we target these minority groups, we'll have better success of getting approved and we'll make tons more money when we get approved as a drug within Medicare and Medicaid. Get it. Totally. It's unconscionable, though, for those people that are leaders of their respective groups, if they are representative of the Pan-Pacific Asians, uh, the the, uh, blacks or African-Americans and the Hispanics. You have elected people that will likely sell you out, which is the same thing for white people. Not that I would tend to delineate between all of those things, but let's just for the sake of this discussion recognize that human beings are human beings and they're inherently corruptible, given the right amount of money what's your price and if you're in congress they're going to buy you out now there are rare exceptions to that like the ron pauls of the world i believe also uh jonathan e mord they can't purchase him for something like this of course but the point here being made is that if you are one of those targeted groups maybe you want to speak out now and go hey don't sell us out for the for that pharma money because if you make us if you make those drugs available to those communities because they'll be covered by Medicare and Medicaid is the health of those people who are obese because of a lack of access to good, clean, quality, organic, unprocessed food. Where's the effort by anyone in government other than, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Give him credit. He's speaking about, he's talking about the farmers talking about the attacks uh, via uh, the uh, chemical agriculture systems to destroy organic agriculture and the farmers who would do it. You want to solve all of these problems? Get food back into the people who are hungry. Yeah, they might have plenty of empty calories wrapped in cellophane, but that's where it comes back to. The issue of how did we get all of these kids on ADHD drugs? And before we pause to bring our buddy Marcus Ellison to talk about you know the end stage stuff that's happening and we've got to correct it so we don't need this anymore, uh, all the cancer treatment stuff. Uh, Super D, I want you to go back to our opening uh, article here from... Daily Wire and Matt Walsh about the marketing of ADHD 
as a rite of passage is, you know, how dare you deny kids these drugs? I mean, it's the weirdest, most bizarre thing that you program the American people to expect that they cannot survive childhood without one, two or 10 medications. This, I mean, it's quite striking what Matt Walsh has done. He's d- dug deeper than I have time to go into, but I, I want to give you an opportunity if there's anything that jumped out at you that I missed because we we d- tend to have perspectives that are, I say, widely divergent, not so much, but u- unique, and and I appreciate yours as well. Yeah, no, yeah I mean, he did, uh, you know, Matt Walsh, uh, a lot of people didn't know who he was until just recently when mm-hmm. he did the uh, What is a Woman documentary. Um, but he doesn't pull any punches. And so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really, really worth reading this article because he digs, like you said, deep into the situation and exposes how, uh, you know, these drug companies, um, you know, they're, 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 they're the ones that are responsible for it. Just like the Ozempic, like we just talked about, they're the ones that are are pushing the agenda. They're, they're, they have got this down so perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. You know, identify the problem. Create, here's the problem. Now we're going to market the problem. Now we're going to come in with the solution to the problem. And we're going to figure out every way that we can manipulate and game the system in order mm-hmm. to be able to make as much money as we possibly can. Yeah, you know what? The studies that we have here do show that some problems can happen, but we're going to kind of bury those a little bit for right now. Mm-hmm. And we're only going to put the cherry picked good stuff up front so we can get this pushed through and the FDA is going to approve it. And then we're going to get all the psychiatrists and the psychologists and the schools and all the CPS yeah. and the courts and everybody's going to be on board. Yeah. And then, you know what? Look, it may not work out in the long run, but in the short run, we're going to make enough money that we're going to be able to put it all into R&D and we'll come out with the next blockbuster before they shut that one down. Killer drugs, exactly. <laughs> and, and you know, they claim about ah. the uh, uh, shortage of Adderall during the pandemic. Oh, the pandemic did it. Yep. Yeah, it's like, really? The pandemic created more kids with ADHD? How did that happen? Uh, yeah, not only that, and I think later on in the show, we'll be talking about, we keep finding more and more things that this pan, that, that the shutdowns and the lockdowns had uh, uh, impact on. And you've got the scientists that are all going, we're not quite sure really mm-hmm. exactly why or how that happened. Yeah. But uh, uh, young girls reaching puberty faster mm-hmm. over the period of time that we had the pandemic and the lockdowns. What could possibly be the reason for that? We'll talk about that, I think, in the, in the next hour. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, some powerful stories uh, to review and read and hopefully deprogram from so that you are empowered once again. To, to create great health and vitality, to not need treatment for diseases like uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancer, etc. But I acknowledge that we've got generations that are lost in medical space. And they have uh, unfortunately participated in things that created these diseases that are not genetic diseases. Epigenetic, if you want to call it that, what causes gene expression, the environment that includes what you eat, what you don't eat, what drugs you take or don't take, all of that matters. So you find yourself in a situation that's very uncomfortable. You've got, or you've got a loved one or family member with the big C diagnosis or some other neurological degradation disease, and you figure out, my gosh, the, the oncologist will kill me or my friend or my loved one. And you don't want to go there, even though insurance would cover it. What then? What options do you have? Joining us to reveal some of those options, my good friend, Marcus Ellis is back on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Marcus, how are you, my friend? Good to see you. I am wonderful. Thank you, Robert. What an invigorating discussion you've been having. Yeah, and then you come on with this manly beard and make me all make us all feel a little bit less manly. So Listen, I, 
I don't mind, and I'll tell you what's important is I'm part of the team. And let me tell you something, this whole discussion that you two boys have just been having is so spectacularly relevant to me because I'm a degreed educator. And I went through the school system teaching K through 12, every level, public school and private school over the course of my time. And I'm gonna tell you something, the teachers union doesn't know what in the world to do with these ADHD people. And I had the most unfortunate experience in my daughter's classroom when I was just being a sub or an aide that they literally, the teacher literally put a red tape on the floor around this kid's desk. And she said, if you get out of that marker, you're going to be in trouble. And I have never seen that in my life before. The teachers, let me just say this way, they're lovely teachers. Okay, I start with that. And, you know, I, my whole family are educated, degreed educators. But to be frank with you, the teachers union is so, the union so left-leaning, so oh, yeah. You want to turn kids into Marxist collectivist medical munchers. And, right. you know, the ADHD issue, you know, what is it? You kid fidgets, a kid daydreams, a kid, a kid is a kid. Now, well, but, but let me tell you, let me interrupt you, the kids are a lot of times smarter than the teacher. That as well. And that's what the problem is. The teacher doesn't know how to handle them because they're already through the material. They don't need to hear it again. If you test them, they'll test for higher marks than anybody else in their class, but they don't know how to deal with children that are far advanced. And that's one of the things that I find is, so they're acting out. Yes. Those kids are attacking out because they're just a little too busy. They've got too much going on. But, you know, be honest with you, I have had classes of 80 kids at a time, very normal. And so I didn't have that acting out thing because I kept them actively involved. You engaged them. Yeah. Absolutely. I watched those people all the time to make sure that they were with me. And, I, you know, I was a choir director and a band director and a music guy and all this kind of stuff. Reading coach. I did all kinds of stuff with my kids. And the point was is I kept them active. And I didn't tell them, you have to sit inside a square or you're going to be in trouble. I, I, I was horrified that that teacher did that. Yeah. And now I know, I know that I, after my time, I realized that those people, many of the teachers are not as bright as the children are. Yeah, that's, that's another great point. Yeah. And, and then yeah. we have a, a Marxistical education uh, right. system. And well, I, mark that word down there, Super Don. Marxistical. It just came to me. If anybody hasn't it. come up with that, a Marxistical education system indoctrinating kids that their symptoms when they're bored out of their mind because of these, these teachers not engaging in education. Uh, they're bored material, out of their mind and then they're diagnosed. So much, Robert, there's so yeah. much materials that they could be teaching them. And the problem that I have is that it really comes back to the teacher all the time. It's always that teacher in the teacher's bailiwick to take care of that child for this year. If they have them in the class, they have to think of how to work with it. And yeah. I can tell you, honestly, it isn't in drugs. It isn't in the drugs. Those no. children are naturally interested in finding out information. And so you have to work with them where they are. And yes, there's every once in a while, there's an exception, somebody, but I never, never advocated anybody getting on drugs. Even if they were the most outlandish guy in the class, I literally just kept working with them. I kept working yeah. with them because I realized there's validity to them the way they are. And they need some reality of another man just saying, hey, this is this is OK. This is what you can do. This is something you don't want to do. And you don't want to bother everybody around you. Mm -hmm. You know, this is what we're going to do. So I just love this. When I was talking to the 
my family about all these ADHDs, these diagnoses. It was just like they're coming up everywhere. And it has to do with the fact that somebody's making money on it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with the, the people themselves. And they're not being helped. And I'll be frank with you. Mm-hmm. I, I really know that every one of these drugs, and let me just express this to your audience. Every single drug known to man has a quote unquote side effect. Now, let me break that apart for your audience. It's not that. The reality is that they have multiple, what they really should be calling direct effects or what we call in the military collateral damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. They go for this target. They may well deal with that one. But in the meantime, they've created another animal, another animal, another animal. And these side effects, for instance, when I went in for terminal cancer treatment, Those people did horrible things to me. The medical system is so uninterested in the word cure or the word heal. They're like four letter swear words, Rob. And Mm. what they do is they don't want me to say them when I speak at conferences and they don't want to say them. So what they do, and I just, your audience is going to listen to this. They're going to, they're going to, you know, resonate with this because the fact is the, the people in the white coats with the stethoscopes, those people will never say the word heal or cure, but they use a different lingo. And to be frank with you, it's all about the words treatments. So they always talk about treatments and I couldn't believe what they did to me. I had, I went into Vanderbilt at stage four, And I went through an entire year of their SHIT, which is another four letter word like cure and heal. I went through their CRAP and at the end, then I was terminal. So I took a year of their garbage and then I'm terminal. Wait a minute, Mm -hmm. what's wrong with this picture? They don't have any guarantees. They don't care what they do, but let me tell you what I had. You guys listen to this. The side effects are not side effects. And I'll tell you why I know that in just a minute. They gave me, this is why I wear this beard, brother. It's because it's my symbol of rebellion. I had no hair. They took all of my hair and it was awful. I had no eyebrows, no eyelashes, nothing. And then on top of that, they gave me head to toe, what I call collateral damage. So they gave me chemo brain. So you can't think correctly. You can't think in a straight line. You can't remember what you did yesterday or 15 minutes ago. They gave me bone loss and gum loss in my teeth. So I'd have dental surgery, lost major teeth in here. They gave me, uh, they destroyed my immune system. If you could imagine having no immune system, which means what? You can't go out in public because if the kid's got a cold, you're going to get it. So you can't leave the house. That was a year. They gave me pulmonary embolisms, three of them in my lungs. Okay, those are blood clots on the lungs for you guys that don't know those words. And they gave me three of them. They gave me a heart attack. So I had to go in one night overnight to stay in their cardiac unit. Do you know, Rob, how much that cost me? That was $17,000 for one night. Wow. Okay. And then they gave me uh, arthritis in my hips, neuropathy in my feet. And you've got a mixed audience here, so I'm not going to talk about some of the other things that they did. But I'll tell you what. Sometimes there's an old saying that they say, um, give credit where credit is due. So I like to give credit to the medical system for what they did to me. And the reason I do is because I'm a former gymnast and I had none of those problems that I had until I met those people. 
So not only was I going through cancer, being destroyed by cancer, but now I've got all of these head-to-toe problems, and I know who to give credit for. Make sense? Mm -hmm. People don't know this, but when you go into the medical combine, you're literally putting your life out there because those people will do whatever they are trained. They're programmed by pharma to do. So, Rob, you know what I do when I talk to people these days. I say the AMA. And I talk to them about the Alternative Marketing Association. Mm -hmm. They are actually the alternative marketing for pharma. All they do all day long is market pharma drugs in whatever capacity that they can do, because that's they are the arm, the farm, they are the marketing arm of pharma. And so that's where it happens. And you got to realize if there were no conflict of interest, folks, we have a much better medical system. For instance, why is it that in the diagnosis, we don't have an entirely separate company that does diagnosis? And you take that and you shop it wherever you want to, the three or four companies. Then you'd have competition between these big hospitals. Mm -hmm. Today, they do diagnostics in one wing of a hospital and then tell you, and then the next time you see them, they're all down and they're going to tell you, this is what you have and this is what we're going to do. I'm like, get away from me. I need some options. What Marcus, are my options? Yeah, it's a dangerous death cult. It really yeah. is. It is, and they've got you at many ways because nobody thinks conflict of interest. What happens if you get a diagnosis from your auto mechanic for a, you need, and he says, he looks down, he says, you need a new engine. And what do you say? Okay, and how much is that? And he says, oh, $2,300, but it's no big deal. We can have it done for you within a week. You say, okay, thank you so much. And you get in your little car and you drive to the next one. And you say, hey, man, what do you think of this? He said, no, 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 you need six spark plugs. <laughs> you don't need a new engine. And so what happens is these people are just so incredible that they think you're taking it for real because they – come into you with a white coat with a stethoscope. And I call that their Halloween outfit, okay? Because they want you to be impressed. They want you to think they're somebody and they're nobody. They've had 10 years. Don't die laughing, Rob. They've had 10 years of working to get a degree. And do you know they haven't had course one in nutrition? That man actually told me in the white coat with the stethoscope that nutrition has nothing to do with cancer. You see, I started asking questions, Rob. I knew way too much because I had a huge library. I'm a third generation teacher. So I started asking questions that I already knew the answers to, like any good attorney does. Okay. So you know the answer. So I asked some questions. I said, well, uh, doc, uh, what should I do? And you know, I'm in a weakened condition. I have no hair. I'm down to it. I'm, I lost 50 pounds in six weeks. <laughs> and I said, uh, what should I eat? Do you know that the idiot in the white coat with the stethoscope said, it doesn't matter what you eat. In fact, he said, nutrition has nothing to do with cancer. And I said, oh, really? He said, no, 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 no. Hamburgers, French fries, Cokes, it doesn't matter. I said, oh, that explains why you have the bowl of sugar candy on the front desk at the receptionist office, right? He said, uh-huh. I said, so you want them to have candy so they will put weight on their bones? Is that what you're doing? Of course, sugar feeds cancer. 
da 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 the guy is so thick they think that if you get them to eat something it's better than if they don't eat anything so it's all wrong motivated the irony of course is that fasting would cure more cancer than the things they're giving them yeah i, I can't believe you said that that's absolutely the case and what happens is people need to understand that our bodies spend so much time with diet, uh, with our, our uh, nutrition and trying to digest our systems, the food that we put in, that it doesn't get a chance to get into autophagy. It isn't going to get rid of those cells that are plaguing it because you're giving them more material. So you need to back off a little bit, but this is supervised fasting. It takes somebody that's got a little brain, not that you're going to fast yourself to death. The reality is this is important in, in cancer. And in, look at all these other things, brother. I just, I can tell you, there are so many diseases that we have that are so fixable. And they're just not in the alternative marketing association. And by the way, that's even more evil. The word alternative is what they label people like us because we think outside of the box. So they call me an alternative. And I'm going to tell you something. The American Medical Association is the alternative because they're about 125 years old through the agency of those wicked Flexner brothers. They put that Flexner report out there and they confirm they confirmed that there are about 2,300, 2,500 colleges of naturopathy that they immediately closed down because those were all snake oil salesmen, used car salesmen, the colleges, people. America was the number one naturopathic country in the world. Mm -hmm. And those people shut it all down so that we could instead have what? We could have the marketing association, them doing their drugs, their wicked drugs. And I'm going to tell you, if you understood the side effects, if you understood all of these effects of all the drugs that you have, you wouldn't take them. Very few people, Marcus, have said it so well as you just did. And I've been talking about side effects as being direct effects of the drugs that are not marketable until they are. That's and, right. And, you know, this is about marketing. It's about programming. It's about black magic. It's about, you know, deceiving you, getting you to think things that are not in your best interests. They're actually destructive of your vital health and then wow. end up one day darn near bankrupt with ravages of things like cancer and neurological degradation. And you cannot afford the treatments that you now want to choose because you realized all the stuff you relied on doctors to do caused the problem. And yet there are good people out there trying to correct it, but Hey, they've got to, they've got to cover their costs too. Well, well, Rob, let me, let me interrupt you quickly. The, sure. the fact of the matter is people say to me, when I get done speaking at large conferences, they'll say to me, they'll come up to me and say, you know, you're not nice. I'll say, Yes. What do you mean? Well, you're not nice about people in oncology. There's lovely people in oncology. And I say, well, yes, there certainly are. There's lovely people at Wendy's. There's lovely people everywhere. But I'm going to tell you something. If you were watching 1,600 people a day die from cancer under your watch, you would start thinking, Hmm, there must be something wrong with what I'm doing. Then if you couple it with, now I'm telling all the, the guests that, that don't this, uh, anybody that's not been through cancer, I, they literally, the nurses came into me 
they shoved, they surgically put a port in my chest and then they started shoving this chemo into my chest and the chemotherapy was horrifying what they put into my chest. But remember this, they came in hazmat clothes. There was no idea who these people were. They were in hazmat, everything head to toe, because if they touched it, they would be in hazmat world. So they couldn't drop it. They couldn't put it anywhere. They had to put it directly into you. Now, if it makes sense to people that are common sense people, they would say, what's wrong with this picture? Because I'm looking at a treatment that's so dangerous. These people have full garb. You don't even know who they are. And literally, then they're putting it into my chest. And I don't know what it is, but look. The outcome is this, Rob. There were 60 people in that room in those beautiful leather chairs, and everyone was sitting with a little tower beside them. And all of those people were turning gray and green and yellow and losing all of our hair. And so we were sitting there just, you know, like shells of our former selves. And I was looking at these people going, What's wrong with this? This is not about healing. This is about dying. These people all died. Well, listen, everybody died. I'm like the only guy that didn't because after the entire year worth of their SHIT, then I was told that we didn't get it all. And I said, uh, pardon me? It was 7.30 on a Friday night, Rob. Can you imagine my daughter is on the tower, the marching band, she's the field commander. She's up on the tower, the band's playing, the football team is there, the cheerleaders, all this stuff, the hot dogs, all this, are beautiful. And this guy calls me at 7.30 at night and he says, um, we didn't get it all. And I'm surrounded by life. And all of a sudden I got this guy speaking death into my ear. I'm like, what? He said, no, you need more chemo, more radiation, a stem cell transplant. And he said, experimental treatments. And I said, what? He said, yeah, don't worry about it. I got it all set up for you. I said, well, <clears throat> what if I don't do any of that? Because um, I've been doing homework, developing a network. And he said, I'll give you six months. Okay. That's seven years ago, Rob. I left that night. I never went back. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I was saying was that everyone in oncology, those people that are working there, yes, they're lovely people. They may have the right motive. But let me tell you something. If you see 1,600 die today from your treatments, then there's something wrong with your thought processes. Marcus, yeah, it's such an important point to make. People get caught up in the nice category, the niceness. You're not being nice. It's like... Yes, they're nice all the while they're killing you. Whether they mean to or not is secondary to the fact that they're killing you. Great bedside manner, but you're dead. Really? <laughs> that's what that's what's going to stop you from looking at what's happening here? The point is people are maybe trapped, but the trap is it, it's a decision they make to be trapped. At a certain point, you've got to leave. And it's much like what we witnessed in the COVID crazy years. You can have a choice of getting the shot or losing your job, which is not a choice. That's not a percent, right? No, but let me let me interrupt you. Tell you one other thing. I ask people a lot. Now today I work as a cancer coach or a healthcare coach, naturopathic coach. I literally talk to people and I ask them, do you really want to get well? 
because that's a God I wanna. Mm -hmm. I mean, this thing about cancer treatments, and to be frank with you, um, I did about 16 things at the same time. And I'll just say this way, cancer is a team sport. That's just my thinking, okay? I had a lovely family that helped me with all the things that I did every day, the juicing, all the organic meals. Oh my gosh, I couldn't, I was a gourmet caterer, Rob. <laughs> I owned a 20, 37,000 square foot castle in Dallas that I hand built. And all of my, I had 125 employees. So I was doing you know, gourmet events, seven weddings every weekend. My gosh, it was huge. So I was very much involved in gourmet foods. And I know them very well. And yet to think about this, there are certain foods that you just don't want to eat when you have cancer. And one of the big ones is sugar. You got to stop with the sugar. Cancer loves glucose. Now, this is hard for some of your guests to some of your uh, folks to listen to, but glucose is what feeds the cancer. And so the cancer loves it. So one of those items that I've stumbled onto over the years is that B17 which has the naturopathic ability to be a chemotherapeutic agent, and it uses glucose. Two of the cells, it's got four very tightly bound uh, parts. Two parts are glucose, one part is benzaldehyde, and one part is cyanide. So what happens is the cancer loves glucose. It says, come here, come here. It invites it in, and the cyanide poisons the cancer cell. Right. There's nothing like this on earth. It's something that father did. It's a naturopathic chemotherapeutic agent. It's apricot seeds, B17. And what happens is they destroyed a man whose name was Dr. John Richardson in South uh, Southern California, who was having spectacular success with it. And he wrote a book called Laetrile Case Histories, which I have right here on my shelf, and also World Without Cancer by G. Edward Griffin. And these are the stories of Dr. John Richardson's success mm. in using B-17, Laetrile, amygdalin. The words have been vilified beyond belief by the horrible people on the other side that don't want you to know that this exists. Because in nature, brothers and sisters, from Genesis to Revelation, if you read the word at all, which I do every day for 40 years, I really live my life by this. And literally what happens is from Genesis to Revelation it says, the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. There is potential in everything that Father created for your healing. But it is not going to be found in the AMA, the Alternative Marketing Association, because they will give you all the other things that they call side effects, which will destroy your body while you get that other mm -hmm. result that they look like they're going to go for. Marcus, are you going to be with me at the Red Pill Expo in Des Moines, Iowa next weekend with G. Edward Griffin? Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to see Marcus have a reunion there among many of our friends. Mickey Willis will be there. So many more people, you guys. Uh, Red Pill Expo, you got a limited time to get tickets or you can stream it online. There's options there. We have a banner up for that event. Also, the Cancer Control Society's annual convention, 48th year, uh, Glendale, California over the Labor Day weekend. Are you going to be at that one, too? Yes, yeah. probably. Let me ask yeah. you something. I didn't get to talk about the thing that I came on for. <laughs> well, let's let's take the last few minutes with you before I got a break for hour two and okay. uh, the viatical options for for you know you find a doctor you want to work with. They have to earn a living too. How do you afford it? And, and and you have an option for folks. So pay attention to this. We have your website linked up as well. Naturopathic things are never covered by your insurance. What they call health care insurance, it's never covered.
So what you have to do is you have to figure out your financial arrangements because healing lies outside of the Alternative Medical Association for sure. You just have to do your homework. And the best thing I could tell you is I'll be glad to help you if you want to talk to somebody about this. But literally, I, I literally help people with financial resources to get them out of the medical system because your medical insurance will only cover what's called conventional treatments. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you wander away like I did away from the establishment, then you're on your own. My own company, believe it or not, I was the number one man in America selling cancer policies the month I was diagnosed with stage four cancer at Vanderbilt. My own, my own company denied all benefits to me when I went naturopathically. So I had to figure out how to help other people. So what I've done is I, I have a, a group of folks, investors that are behind me that literally will buy your policy. And they'll buy your policy at anywhere from 45 to 95% of the face value. It depends on the stage of your cancer, your age, the location where you are, and that kind of thing. And the guys behind me will give you the funds tax exempt if you're critical, terminal, or chronically ill. Now, this is comes as news to most people because most people don't understand that they can sell their life insurance policy now while they're still alive. In 1911, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in Grigsby v. Russell that you could sell your policy anytime if you could find a buyer. Well, I happen to have buyers. So I want to talk to you about buying your policy, literally see what the options are. There is no cost to explore this information. Okay. And I literally, many of the time, if a guy's got a $500,000 policy, many times I've given him 400000 and they can pay off the mortgage. They can do whatever they want to go on a medical vacation. And interestingly, I also know where to send people to get them healed. Yes. Yeah. Clinic. You're very connected there, Marcus. Yep. 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 Marcus, you are on fire, my friend, in a wonderful way. I'm so excited to see you. And I can't wait to see you this weekend coming up in Des Moines, Iowa. And again, at the Cancer Control Society's annual convention in uh, Glendale, California, coming up uh, Labor Day weekend. You guys check out the upcoming events tab. And Marcus, we have your web personal website set up, marcusellis.org, as one place to go. And also we have settlementbenefits.com that seems to take the viatical settlement, settlements we're talking about with Marcus Ellis there. So we got two options that they can reach out to you for help. Okay. Sounds wonderful. I'll be glad to help anybody. Okay. Is there any other way you want them to reach out to you? I just want to make sure that people can reach you. Sure. This, uh, uh, just take my number if you want. It's 931-722-4949. And the article on my website there talks about viatical settlements. It's very interesting. And nobody knows this. I'm telling you, out of a thousand people in a ballroom, yeah. maybe six. Maybe right, what is no your number again for those that want to take it down and call you? Absolutely. It's 931-722-4949. I had so many other things I want to talk to you about. Thank you for having me on, Robert. It was we'll do wonderful. it again, and we'll be hanging out this weekend and also the Labor Day weekend. So we'll get to see a bunch uh, coming up, my friend. And thanks for bringing it today. You fired me up as well. Amen. I hope you get to feeling better, dear brother. Oh yeah, I'm I'm on the man, and, and my kind of feeling bad is just an acute injury, which uh, was self-induced. In right, I did it, and I know it, and I'm like I'm alive and still breathing. I'm grateful, and I'm like this is this is life in a physical body. Uh, hey, so I'm man. not complaining, but I'm saying if you live the way I live, you'll be better uh, able to regenerate and recover and rebound quickly. And that's a big inspiration to me to do that because I didn't know this when I was younger. Oh, bless you! It's so nice to talk to you. Thank you for your time. All right. God bless you, Marcus Ellis. Check him out, marcusellis.org and the website settlementbenefits.com.
Healing.com. We've got a whole other hour of broadcast healing coming up, and we're going to simulcast on brighteon.tv. Thanks to our good buddy Mike Adams and his network. And uh, got to talk, uh, just give you a heads up, and we're going to do that in just a moment. Super Don, give me the countdown clock so I know where we are. Uh, but you've heard about uh, the debanking scenario, not just in China based on social credit scores, but in Canada based on protesting truckers. How about in America based on a doctor, a physician, who um, points out the absurdities, the lies, and the deceptions of the pharmaceutical church? You've heard of this guy, Mercola? Yeah, I'm sure you have. Uh, Chase debanked him, and not only him, but family members, friends, people that work with him, family of people that work with him. This is a stunning new level of reality of things I, I believe, I perceive that I have warned you about by working with the banking system. And unless you find another way, uh, look, if you're not on a list already, you're not doing it right. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, what are you going to do? We'll talk about that coming up after this. All right, here we go. We are joined now by our friends on Brideon.tv. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show, two hours a day, five days a week with an additional hour on Sundays. Uh, for those of you that uh, join us just on uh, our Brideon simulcast day, second hour Monday, welcome. We're glad you're here. You can always sign up for the newsletter for free at robertscottbell.com. You can become patron supporters. And you can support, of course, Brideon.tv by shopping at the Health Ranger store and all those links that you see. We're grateful for the, the free space speech platform that we still have, even though we're banned on YouTube, Spotify, and LinkedIn. Uh, we're here with you. And uh, this hour, we're going to talk about debanking. Maybe you need to debank before they debank you. Mercola is learning that the hard way, and we'll talk about that. Also, uh, religious freedom to say no to vaccines. Where does it stand in Connecticut, and how does it impact all of us? Kids exposed to uh, cadmium. What's going on there? And early puberty during COVID, what happened with that? We got that and a whole lot more because the power to heal is yours. Man, if you missed the first hour of the Robert Scabell Show, you missed it. Marcus Ellis was on fire, bringing it, loved it, enjoyed it, and, uh, of course, giving you options towards the end if you're struggling with medical bills and you're looking to utilize something that is not approved by the FDA, by physicians around the world, doctors and otherwise, to re reverse cancer, neurological degradation. Um, check out Marcus Ellis and what he talked about. Rewind, go back and play it, replay it again. We got a lot to do this hour on the Robert Scott Bell Show. In fact, uh, it kind of builds on, on a little bit of what we did in the first hour uh, addressing Big Pharma, the you know the United States of Big Pharma or the United States of Drug America and how they basically own and control this country and many countries of the Western world by controlling the not only the politicians that you might vote on or vote in, but also the oligarchy that exists beyond those you vote for. And in addition, the regulatory agencies and those within it. Uh, so there are other ways to control you, though. It's not just, uh, let's say, making sure that your regulators in your government only allow you to treat disease with things that can cause disease or kill you. Again, FDA approved drugs, anybody? Health Canada approved drugs, anybody? European Food Safety Authority, EFSA, uh, European drugs, anybody? Same thing in Australia, New Zealand, et cetera, the Western democracy, so to speak. All captured by the pharmaceutical death cult, resulting in what? 
longer, healthier lives? Absolutely not. More profit for big pharma? Yeah, absolutely. And then what do they do with that? Continue to beat up anybody who stands to compete in the natural realm with the synthetic toxic poisons that they profit from only by keeping you ignorant of the true cause of disease, toxicological burdens, nutrient deficiencies, et cetera, and replacing it with this idea that all symptoms are inevitable because you're alive and the only thing you can do is manage them with synthetic poisons approved by your regulatory bodies, FDA inclusive. And at that point, you adopt that way of living and it's a way of dying. They create the diseases for which you become dependent upon the drug treatment. And it starts with pediatricians jabbing your children by the moment they come out of your, your, your mommy's you-know-what and into the world, hepatitis B shots in America still to this day. And there are issues with uh, uh, saying no to vaccines. You think that you'd have a religious right to say, I don't want that injected into me or my children. Yet you're going to find out how the courts typically side with the, what? The state-sanctioned religion of modern medicine. The dangerous death cult of pharmacia, sorcery. It's dressed up and it looks all professional. It's got a white lab coat and a stethoscope. And you go, yeah, I'll bow down to that. But that's a false idol. It's a false church. It's a dangerous death cult. And if you haven't figured it out through COVID, maybe you'll never figure it out. And that's. Uh, well, you're probably not listening to the show if that's the case. Now, another way they get to own and control you is through monopoly, not medicine, monopoly banking practices. Our founders, like Thomas Jefferson, warned us about a central bank, how it'd be the death of this country. And yet the bankers have been operating in, co in covert secrecy to enrich themselves at the cost of enslaving you and me and everybody else that doesn't know better and, and, and sees life as whatever it is the bankers say we, we got. And of course, those bankers also purchase influence within the governments of the world, whether they be monarchies, oligarchies, democracies, it doesn't matter. What other isms you want? Socialisms, communisms. Interestingly enough about socialism and, and the poster boy for American socialism, Bernie Sanders, when I believe it was Senator Rand Paul set up, hey, let's uh, get some transparency about who's profiting in uh, in the various agencies uh, based on patents and other things of drugs. Sanders blocked it. Yes, the friend of the people blocked your ability to see your government workers, whether they be elected representatives or part of the oligarchy, to see what kind of profit they were making off of approving and investigating that which would poison you but manage your diseases, but poison you and uh, ultimately do you in. And they only want that monopoly. Socialists are not loving, kind people. Even though the theory behind socialism is, oh, it's egalitarian, everybody gets taken care of. The reality is everybody's enslaved, but the ruling class, just like that in Marxism, communism, the elite rulers. Now, it's all done through the banking system. The banking system, if you read the Bible, I think you understand the concept of just weights and measures, honesty, integrity, transparency, and here is your ounce of gold, here is your ounce of silver, whatever it is, this is what it is. It's not tin, it's not lead, or the paper that represents it that has nothing that it represents in the bank at all. The, the changeover in 1913, the Federal Reserve Act, the conversion of the monetary system to fiat, to something that was not 
wrongly said backed by gold and silver because it was gold and silver initially. In other words, that piece of paper you held was not called a Federal Reserve note. It was usually a silver certificate. You know, you could present to the bank and get that $1 certificate, $1 of gold, which was an ounce of, I'm sorry, $1 of silver, which was an ounce of silver. Back in the day, a $20 piece was a gold piece, an ounce of gold. Now it's 50. And there's a lot of story there that I can't fully fill in. But I want to tie this in, in terms of the monetary integrity versus the lack of integrity and the enslavement through medical monopoly, now monetary monopoly. If you participate in the banking system because, well, what the heck? You kind of have to, don't you? What other system is there that allows you to exchange money across these electronic media, uh, across the country, across the states, across the world even? The international banksters, the fraudsters, have utilized the monopoly statement and placement that they've had since being instituted, particularly with the Federal Reserve Bank, which is not federal and has no reserves. (laughs) Speaking of G. Edward Griffin, creature from Jekyll Island, we're going to be together with him in Des Moines, Iowa, coming up Red Pill Expo. Uh, the 12th and 13th of August, that's next weekend, uh, f- uh, Saturday, Sunday. I'll be there speaking, emceeing at such, and I want to see you guys there. We'll have silver and copper shots. We'll have Cardio Miracle. We'll have all kinds of awesome stuff for you as well that you can try out when we're there. And shout out to my friend, Joni Abbott. She's going to join me there. She'll probably be helping me doing some interviews and broadcasting while I'm emceeing. There's a lot going on there, a lot. Now, long story to get to the story that I want to get to here in terms of banking interaction and this thing called debanking. Most recently, you became aware of this danger in Canada when the truckers in Canada, anybody who donated to their cause, who are protesting the mandatory uh, injections, for instance, during COVID, they began to lock down and shut down the bank accounts of those who merely donated to the bankers, much less, I'm sorry, the the truckers, much less those who uh, supported them. And this is based on concepts of social credit, social engineering through the tax code as well, but social credit systems in China where they monitor your feed. What kind of business are you in? What are you promoting? What are you saying? What do you believe? Are you woke? Are you not woke? Are you following the ESG scoring from WEF, United Nations kind of stuff? And what about towing the party line when it comes to FDA-approved drugs and drug treatment therapies, whether they're emergency use authorization or fully licensed? What if you speak out against that? We know, yes, you could be deplatformed. We have been on YouTube, banned on Spotify. And LinkedIn, of all places, what is that? LinkedIn. We used to broadcast right to LinkedIn. We don't like what you're saying. As if the people on LinkedIn couldn't figure out what is real and not real. What does that tell you if you're participating in LinkedIn? What they think of you and your capacity for critical thought. We don't want you to be exposed to the Robert Scott Bell Show. And what about those that have made a lot of money making uh, and selling or distributing dietary supplements that are not drugs? Even according to the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act, DSHEA compliant, that is making, barely making structure function statements, making no claims of curing, preventing, treating, mitigating any disease. Because as you know, in America, you have free speech unless it comes to health and healing. Then you're locked down in a prison cell. Who has been attacked viciously? He's, I believe, one of the disinformation dozen. Joseph Mercola, Dr. Mercola. And just this last week, you heard about this, that Chase Bank debanked Mercola. And what's fascinating about this among many, many levels and layers of this new and evolving situation, by those of you thinking, I'm just banking, what do I have to worry about? Well, through social media and other ways that they track you, they're going to find out, hey, did you ever share a Mercola article? 
you can go from there. Did you ever speak out against LGBTQ anything? Did you ever oppose vaccines based on the fact that they are utilizing aborted fetal cells in their production? Any of that. And suddenly now, that banking system that you thought didn't pay attention to you at all is going, uh, I think we're just going to have to shut your account down. We're not going to tell you why. And that's basically what sort of happened to Mercola. This last month, July of 2023, Morgan Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan Chase Bank, canceled all of Mercola's business accounts along with his personal accounts, personal accounts of his CEO, CFO, and their respective spouses and children who may not have had anything to do with Mercola and his company. Many others have been cut off from online banking services, whether it be PayPal or other digital uh, means by which they could share, uh, um, you know, buy things, sell things, whatever. And so what he's talking about is the weaponization of finance. Now, this has gone back, you know, post um, 9-11, where they had the Know Your Customer bill that came out. It's because, you know, anybody who wants to have any privacy at all is clearly a terrorist. We've got to monitor every move you make. The monetary system, the economic monopoly uh, set down by the Federal Reserve System, which, by the way, is part and partial to something much more sinister and devious and bigger and not connected to America directly. Not the de jure United States of America, but a corporate United States of America that was declared bankrupt in 1933. You're talking about the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. And all of these things are tied together. This is how they own and control you ultimately. If you have no economic freedom, you have no freedom. We talk about health freedom as well. But if you have health freedom and then they clamp down on your economic freedom, you can't engage in the health freedom. Interesting, right? The debanking of employees, debanking, new word, of employees and their families is a social credit system like coming out of communist China. Now, what's interesting in the article Mercola has about this as well is that in May of 2023, DeSantis, Governor DeSantis, signed legislation prohibiting financial institutions from denying or canceling services based on political or religious beliefs. But it's so new, it's never been tested or invoked, so we don't know what's going to happen with that. But another interesting layer or level to this scandal, whether you like Mercola or not, whether you're a big pharma or natural medicine guy, it, it, it should not matter in this case. This is not about personalities or belief systems, it's about the freedom to engage in commerce as long as you're not openly, you know, fraudulent, deceptive, you know, on and on it goes. Now, some would say, well, Mercola's involved in fraud because he promotes supplements. It's like, no, 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 sorry, skeptics, that's not going to work anymore. The fraud is happening from big pharma side of things. The purchasing outright of our regulatory agencies, the promotion, the approval of what is known as the third, second or first leading cause of death, big pharma, big, big medicine. That is really what we're talking about here. Those that promote natural remedies, even if they sell them, are not the criminals here. You might look and say, hey, is there a conflict of interest? That's legit. But why don't you look at it that way from your doctor that's that's vaccinating your children if you have one of those? Think about that a little bit more, please. But another aspect of this is fascinating with the international bankers. Are they really into integrity, honesty, practices that are non-deceptive? Are they really into that? Because you go after someone like Mercola, who has been a thorn in the side of big pharma because he's actually spoken out on a lot of things over many, many years. And you debank him finally now, they say. And yet, if you look into it as Mercola and others have, 
specifically J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and the CEO. They were given direct information of the human and child trafficking of one Epstein. You heard that name before? And they never debanked him. Even though they were given direct access to information that he was engaged in child trafficking, sexual exploitation, and slavery. And no, no, no. The real crime is Joe Mercola for daring to speak out against Big Pharma and promote dietary supplements. Bankers, banksters. Folks, this is also why the vulnerability that we all face if we rely upon the banking system exclusively is something that if you think it won't touch you because you you know you don't subscribe to Mercola's newsletter or you didn't send any money to the truckers in Canada, think again. Everything transparent is about what they can see in you and through you based on your electronic signature. Yet they operate in secrecy. They won't even tell uh, Mercola and the team what they did. Unusual activity? Unexpected activity? What is that? Much like the social media networks that would tell you you're banned, but we can't tell you why. You violated something, but what is that violation? And even if you backed up the so-called violation with facts, irrefutable proof that what you said was actually accurate, like how many times were we right and the WHO was wrong and then they admitted it and yet we were still banned? You're dealing with, I guess, the, the Captain Kirk Kobayashi Maru test. But can you reprogram the banks? Now, there are people out there trying to do so by creating various digital and cryptocurrencies. But as you can see, the push is on to make the Federal Reserve the only monopoly, uh, uh, accordingly, to utilize any form of crypto to ban and make illegal all other crypto because they'll say, well, that's for money laundering, right? This is what they always come back to. Drug dealing. Oh, wait, no, the only drugs we're allowed to deal are FDA approved. And that crypto we can use because it's Federal Reserve approved. Again, private bankers. No accountability. You don't vote on the members. Even the president has less power than the chairman of the Federal Reserve. There shouldn't be a Federal Reserve, but as long as there is one, how about going back to Ron Paul and his attempts to end the Fed? If not end the Fed, then how about setting up the free competition in currency? How about the states nullifying unconstitutional federal mandates or prohibitions? And many states are making gold and silver legal tender again, like it never should have not been. The basis for just weights and measures. Innovations happening in the marketplace to provide means by which you can exchange, whether it be electronically or in person, things that have value, perceived value, real value. It is what it is. And it's not deceptive in the way fractional reserve banking is, for instance. Usury. Didn't Jesus turn over the tables of the money changers? Have we learned nothing from those teachings? Oh, but this is different now, Robert. Yeah, what would Jesus do if he came back today to the money changers? What do you think? And how many of you are engaged blindly into it because, hey, it's what, it's what, it's what we got. It's all we got. Or yet, how many of you are innovating beyond it? Or it's difficult. I acknowledge that. I'm not a banker. I don't know the intricate nuances of all of this, but Mercola had a, a real big business or still maybe has one. Does, does pretty well. And now, locked down and locked out. How many challenges do you need? And what other ways are there to navigate a world where we have descended into full-on slavery, economic slavery, 
to a group of, of uh, money monopolists who look at you as a criminal for daring to want to have the ability to keep everything you make, earn, at the end of the day. But remember, when you think that you're working for your money, that money is not yours. That money is owned by the private Federal Reserve Bank. It's not part of the United States du jour. I don't know if this is new to anybody yet, but when you see something like this occur in our realm, like to a Mercola, you recognize, oh, yeah, you know, that stuff's getting real now, isn't it? What options do you have? We'll continue to cover them. And Mike Adams has done a lot of interviews on these issues. He's brought up the goldbacks as well, which I, I encourage you to look into and find other ways to start now, not just hoarding things in case something happens, but to start engaging in different behaviors that reduce or eliminate your totalitarian reliance. You know, you're in the totalitarian, you're under the totalitarian weight and begin to engage economically with companies, businesses, individuals, real human beings that are small business backbone of the entirety of the, of the real economy and begin to exchange in just weights and measures once again. Not when you have to. Very, very similar, maybe identical to not waiting to start growing your own food when you're hungry. In other words, technically, theoretically, you can still exchange Federal Reserve notes for stuff. A lot less stuff based on the inflationary spiral of the Federal Reserve under Biden. But nonetheless, you can still use them. So you're like, hey, why do I need to? Because eventually you won't be able to. And at that point, if you're not practiced in that exchange and nobody else is either, now it's, it's zombie apocalypse, economic zombie apocalypse time. What are you going to eat? Do you have enough bullets to, to defend your food that you've stored or to shoot your way into others who have stored food because you didn't? It's not a pretty picture, is it? Question is, are you willing to step it up, stand up, be responsible as your creator? I believe, and that's not me. I'm not your creator. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But as God has said, you know, care for yourself. It's the only way you can care for others. And charity is good, but wouldn't you rather be the one that can give charity than have to rely on it? And there are certainly times in, in, in my life where I've had to accept charity. I'm not saying it's wrong to do so. But given the opportunity to be charitable rather than being the recipient of charity, what would you choose? And if so, if it is to be charitable, what would you do to have the abundance to care or just enough or even share that which you don't have a lot of because you believe in something else, something greater? than the collection of money tokens for the sake of what? Chasing material goods? Is that ultimately what life is about, or is it more meaningful than that? And it's true, working in the banking system, what you learn is, my gosh, I got to keep working harder and getting more. I can't ever get enough. There's never enough. You know, how many water, how many, how many yachts do you need to water ski behind? Remember that? Gordon Gecko was asked in uh, Wall Street, that movie. But in a system where the monetary base, if you will, is debased on a daily basis over time, we talk about the, the, what a dollar you know, was worth in 1913, what it's worth today. What, three cents, maybe three and a half cents? And you say, how do you keep up with that level of devaluing of the money, the inflationary pressure? And so you're ending up on the rat wheel, running harder and faster to gain less because you rely upon a system that is set against you, that is dead set against you to enslave you to a debt that can never be repaid. 
How is that a godly thing? As much as we can do good with money if we have abundance, I'm not disputing that. But the question is, do we have to do it in this system or is there another way to go forward? I ask you, you guys have answers? Send them my way, robertscottbell.com. You can submit questions and comments at the website, robertscottbell.com. Sign up for the newsletter. We have a lot of insight, a lot of things that you can do right there on the website. Click on the links, get the gold backs, do some things that get you ahead of the the imminent disaster. And I'm not doing fear porn by saying so. Just look at the economic trail since 1913 and where we are today in 2023, 110 years later. You think they're going to suddenly get God, get religion, get gold? But you might. I pray that you do. We'll be right back with more of the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. Okay, there we go. That's our first uh, segment for hour two. We're on a theoretical break with our friends at Brideon.tv. Super Don, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing good listening to you. Boy, you finally, you got warmed up there. Finally, Was that, was that at all interesting? <laughs> it did was. It, did, it was very good. Did it make any sense at all? Because yeah, uh, It was a great, great opening monologue. Loved it. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot of detail and a lot of things to consider. <clears throat> and, and Mercola is just a symptom of it. And yep. I feel bad for him. He's done a lot of good. And I don't want to see him go down over this. But I think yeah. it's a warning shot over the bow for all of us. I have is a feeling not? he won't be going down. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty innovative. It's, there. yeah. It, yeah. He it will continue, but uh, yeah, make no no mistake about it. Uh, you know the the things that we're doing, the things like people like Mercola and and RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. and Del Bigtree and you know all the other people. Yeah, um, it's a threat. Yeah, it is. And so you know when when you take a look at the situation with the bank, mm-hmm. you know, how much course, time till we come back? By the way, uh, we got. About a minute and almost two minutes. Okay. But, uh, yeah. Um, here, let me get the clock up there for you. Okay, thanks. This is the Robert Scott Bell Show, not the Super Don Show. All right, here That's all right, Super D. I like hearing from you. Ah, Everybody loves right. you. All right, so we're back at 28th. Look at this uh, uh, Gretel's comment in our chat room. I'm just converting it over so you can see it. Oh, my gosh, that's insane. How the heck can they get away with that? It's his money. No, it's not his money. <laughs> That's my point. Well, yeah, I hope you get the yeah, Ultimately, point. at the end of the day, they yeah. have control over. You know, it's, it's correct. That's the point. Why do you think they're trying to go to digital everything? Right? Exactly. They they yeah. do not want you to have access to your money, cash, or anything. They don't want privacy. I they mean, don't want freedom. Think about this. I have this conversation every once in a while with my wife or my son, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like I mean, just think about it. You know, if you're using plastic everywhere you go, yeah. which is kind of hard, you know, I mean, it's this is the way society has moved. There are certain things, certain places, they won't even accept cash anymore. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, just imagine, you, know, you check your balance on your phone. Okay, what's my balance? All right, okay. Yeah. Power goes out mm-hmm. for everybody. Where's yeah. your money? <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's gone. Yeah. There's Oof. nothing there, yeah. right? All right, here we go. All right, back at it here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, TV simulcast. Super Don making it sound so good. and Oh, uh, just, no, 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 no. You're making it sound so good. Come well, on no, now. I think it, it controlling the volume levels. That counts, doesn't that, it? That would, be like, that would be like saying, you know, given give the power company, kudos. Yeah. Thank you for making everything sound so good because, you know, if there's no electricity, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going right. to be able to. No. Thanks for the Federal Reserve System for making us. Yeah, exactly. And and that, to the point of uh, Gretel, who said, you know, how could they get away with that? It's his money. The reality is, if you're playing in Federal Reserve notes, it's not your money. Even though you earn whatever you perceive that you've earned, it may end up in your bank account. 
Of course, the IRS gets to say how much you get to keep if you're in that system. And then even then the bank system goes, hey, you know, we don't think you should have any of it because there's been some unexpected activity on your account. How suspicious is that? Mercola happens to be a guy that's not a, you know, a big pharma fanatic, right? He's not into all of that. And he's a physician. So he's got or, some street cred in that. Look at look at the scenario what happened in Canada. Mm-hmm. When you had the uh the freedom uh um, the convoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh everybody was donating, you know, to the cause and stuff like that. And what happened? Government, Canadian government said, eh, nope. Can't have it. Can't have it. Well, it shows you how vulnerable you are if that's how you rely upon electronic payments now. For those that are on welfare, we talked about charity. Welfare by government is not charity. It's force, it's theft, it's deception. And, of course, uh, they control your behavior. And that comes back to even some things when we talk about mandatory uh, in- injections or vaccinations. How if you're you know on the dole, how much they control you. Or if you're you know relying on uh, any number of uh, things with child protective services, if you get a social slave number, uh, if you have a birth certificate, if you have a marriage license, all of these things subjugate you, unbeknownst to you, these contracts of adhesion that they don't re- reveal all of the uh, clauses, the hidden clauses that tie you into an artificial reality. So this is why you come to the Red Pill Expo. If you aren't planning on being there, Des Moines, Iowa, 12th and 13th of August next weekend, maybe you'll watch it online, get tickets. Links are up. We've got banners at robertscatbell.com to do all that as well. Uh, who else will be there? Bobri, my friend Bobri Oren will be there with Folium. The Folium products are why my mom, by and large, is back on the dance floor. There's the Red Pill Expo, August 12th, 13th, Des Moines, Iowa. Just click on it and buy your tickets. But Bobri has brought to our attention the Folium products, foliumpx.com, including, and, and, uh, Yesterday, uh, Tia was talking about that as well. Bobri was with us at the Next Steps conference, and he'll also be at the Cancer Control Society. You want to plug into foliumpx.com, get the folium original, folium immuno, and the folium relax. Get on that three-pronged approach, and uh, you're going to break through that ceiling in your healing. It's an amazing formula, a Chernobyl-level antioxidant, and you get the 10% off with the RSB10 code, foliumpx.com. Other great things that are occurring, of course, uh, Trinity School of Natural Health continues to offer great courses from traditional naturopathy, health coaching. Now they have uh, various programs in Spanish as well. We talked about the biblical health coaching program. There's so many options at Trinity, including lectures on demand, and we have the Trinity uh, Health Freedom Expo and the Trinity Live event coming up middle of October. There you go, October 14th to 15th for the Health Freedom Expo, which is going to be amazing. We also have Nutritional Frontiers. Uh, Christine Glein's going to be with me, among other of our friends, at the uh, Biomed Expo in, and that's going to be Las Vegas, Nevada, in September. And Christine does the Soul Intelligence. She works with Nutritional Frontiers, doing incredible work. They have their amazing formulas. A bunch of them are on sale, including the SPM specialized pro-resolving mediators. And the reason why I put on muscle weight like I haven't since college, this super creatine stuff, it's amazing. Advanced anabolic activator. And I would never do creatine till I found this formula or it found me. And I'm on it and I am putting on muscle. I still, when I look down at the scale, I'm going, dude, I, I wasn't getting there. With all the workouts I got, now I'm getting there. And so use the code RSB15 to get the discount. One more thing I want to remind you, it is summer in the Northern Hemisphere. It's bug season. And I don't want you to use toxic poisons, cancer-causing chemicals to deal with bugs. I don't want anything that harms your pets or your kids. And so Orange Guard is what we use here. OrangeGuard.com, or you can go to your local Whole Foods and ask them if they don't have it in stock. They have it in their system. Please bring us some Orange Guard. Delimiting-based pest control. 
safe to use in your kitchen around organic agriculture, Omri listed, used it in my greenhouse, wherever it's needed. You have orangeguard.com. They can get it at your local Ace Hardware store where they have it and direct orangeguard.com. We'll get Tor back on. We haven't talked to him since last year, I believe, or springtime. I don't know when it was, but we're looking forward to having him on and talk about your options there for safe pest control, uh, pest management, if you will. Now, we have a federal appeals court in Connecticut. Uh, it's upholding a Connecticut law. This is this is not a good ruling, in my opinion, but this is what we have to deal with with the courts. I've talked to you about their uh, bias, if you will, and that's maybe an understatement, but they'll, they'll typically side with the pharmaceutical church, the state-sanctioned religion of modern medicine over anything else, especially when there are disputes between uh, warring parties like a, a divorce proceeding. One, one uh, parent says vaccines, yes. One parent says vaccines, no. Invariably, with rare exception, unless you know how to fight like you know what, uh, the court's going to go, yep, give, give that kid the shots, even if one parent opposes it. Now, a federal appeals court, according to this ABC News story, uh, is upholding a Connecticut law that eliminated religious exemptions to vaccination. They're upholding this 2021 Connecticut law that eliminated the state's longstanding religious exemption from childhood G uh, injection requirements for schools, colleges, and daycare facilities. Now, this is a, a hugely wrong decision, clearly, if you believe in individual liberty, if you believe in the freedom to say no to experimental injections or even th that which is approved by the Fear and Death Administration injection. Why should you not be allowed to make exemptions based on one of the most foundational principles in the United States of America, religious freedom, First Amendment kind of stuff? And they said, no, nah, that's perfectly fine that you guys eliminated that. And of course, because of slogans. According to the Democratic attorney, William Tong, he said, vaccines save lives. This is a fact beyond dispute. Really? Because you say it, it's true? Who are you? Democrat Attorney General William Tong. We know that safe and effective is a slogan, not based on any sound science. Not one of those vaccines you say are safe and effective have ever been tested against inert placebo. And then they keep bringing more out. He says, this decision is a full and resounding affirmation of the constitutionality and legality of Connecticut's vaccine requirements. The legislature acted responsibly and well within its authority to protect the health of Connecticut families and stop the spread of preventable disease. This, I don't think this is going to fly at the Supreme Court level, but we'll see. We, the Patriots USA, Brian Festa and others are working on this one, and they're going to appeal it all the way up to the Supreme Court. He says, we fully intend to seek a review of this decision in the United States Supreme Court to obtain equal justice for all children, not only in Connecticut, but in every state in the nation. This is Brian Festa, co-founder, vice president of We the Patriots USA, said in a statement. We had Brian on last week. Wonderful man. Great group. I hope you support them. Yet, here's where I think we're fighting from behind. And this is not a slight on any efforts in this case. But we're arguing for exemptions. What is an exemption? It's an assumption that you are in unless you beg to be out. How many of you have thought of it this way? Like, wait a second. What do you mean I have to opt out? I don't remember opting in. Yeah, isn't that kind of backwards? Who, who bound me to this obligation that I have to beg you who has a conflict of interest in making sure I get the jab to not get the injection. 
where is that argument in this? It's like, why is it an assumption that all of America is in unless they beg to be out? Whether it be philosophical, medical, or religious. And of course, religious should be the most precious. Isn't that one of the key planks of not the Communist Manifesto, but an American Republican form of government that limits government so that it would not violate the freedoms that our founders you know, acknowledged existed and wrote and codified through the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, that government shall not infringe upon these rights that pre-exist government, and that those rights listed first in the Ten Amendments are not exhaustive rights. There are well more that are retained respectively to the people and the states. Again, going to Tenth Amendment nullification concepts. Do we need the Supreme Court to rule on this? Well, apparently many do because they're locked into a system they don't even realize they're locked into. Once again, deceived in to contracts of adhesion with hidden clauses you had no earthly idea that your parents locked you into when they gave you that slave number as a child. You didn't know. They didn't know. Maybe you know now. Why should we have to opt out? Why should we have to exempt ourselves? Where is the assumption that we're in? Unless we volunteered to be in. And if so, when did that happen? How did it happen? And how do you volunteer back out? Remember, was it the was it the 14th Amendment? Abolished involuntary servitude, but it did not abolish voluntary servitude. So you can volunteer in all you want and complain about it until you take back your status under law and under God. You're going to be dancing with exemption, exemptions, begging for the freedom to say no. As opposed to, I never, I never said yes. Why are you assuming that I, I want to opt out? I never opted in. Isn't that a little bit more proactive rather than begging to be let out? How about never going in? Or if you figured out that you got in by deception, stop being in. Start living your life as what? A child of God, not government. How does that change things? Well, You've got to determine that, whether it be reading and relying on your religious texts or a direct connection to God via spiritual practices that may not have been written yet. I don't know. But God, can God communicate to any of us at any time? Sure. It's a question of whether we're listening, whether we know the language, and whether we're willing and able to act on the information we get directly or indirectly, again, through texts and other things that you study. I know it's big. It's a big ask, isn't it, to live according to God's law? And when God's law conflicts with man's law, it's man's law that has to lose, not God's, don't you think? But that's what we saw, the battle for religious freedom in various countries, including the United States, where they said you can't go to church, synagogue, temple, mosque during COVID. And many of these religious institutions caved and said, yep, well, we got we to gotta be good, good little citizens. Who do you answer to? What do you answer to? De facto? Secular government that has no interest in you recognizing your divinity, your birthright under God? Or those that want you imprisoned under government? As our founders warned us, yes, even in America, if you engage in all of these things, if you're in the banking system, you are not free. You're one step closer to losing it, as Mercola has learned. Not that he was naive about that, but, you know, they, they still had to be very overt and violating some things, perceptions that people thought the banks were restricted from doing. But that is an illusion, and now it is a delusion. So what will you do moving forward? Oh, Robert, that's too much. I can't handle that. Well, then you're probably not here on the show much longer, and you'll go off and, I don't know, 
I'd say watch some cartoons, but maybe cartoons are actually better. <laughs> I kind of think of myself as a cartoon often. All right, let's move on to kids. Since we're talking about exempting kids, how about uh, what they're eating? The Defender has an article over at Children's Health Defense, and we have it uh, linked up in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. Kids are being exposed to concerning levels of carcinogenic heavy metal found in common foods. A new study published in Food and Chemical Toxicity found common foods like leafy green vegetables, potatoes, and nuts contain levels of cadmium far beyond recommended safety levels for younger children. Cadmium, huh? Interesting. What have we said about cadmium? Particularly toxic to the kidneys. A lot of cardiovascular blood pressure issues associated with cadmium toxicity. It's also known to be a carcinogen. That's true. When you have elevated cadmium in the body, more likely to feed cancer cells, etc. And this, uh, again, big news that kids are eating foods containing, even what you think are good foods, containing excess cadmium beyond the safety guidelines. Cadmium, yes, it's a naturally occurring element in the soil, but it's not natural at these levels. This has happened since the dawn of the Industrial Revolution and other things, including fertilization, you know, of, of the crops. Now, let's see, toxic toddler diets. Look at this. What are, what are, what are these kids eating? Highest exposure to foods in cadmium, many of which are in common ingredients in commercial infant foods, so baby formula. Baby foods? How many of those baby foods have been tested over the last years containing toxic residues of heavy metals, pesticides, and glyphosate? And how would that impact the most vulnerable among us, those developing little babies to children? Once again, we come back to, is it that all children are now in need of drugs to manage the symptoms caused by heavy metals, for instance? Is that absurd? Could cadmium affect the nervous system? Yes, it could. Could that also lead to ADHD definitions or diagnoses in addition to what we talked about in hour one? Sure. More drugs. Who would focus on detoxifying children from cadmium, mercury, arsenic, lead, and aluminum? And the moment you do that, you will be tagged. You might be debanked. You might be pulled from Amazon if you have a natural dietary supplement or ingredient that can bind heavy metals and move them out. If you use the wrong words, if you use the word chelation, for instance, which defines a chemical process of grabbing things and clawing them out. Even if it's scientifically validated, the uh, Amazon, which is a primary retailer for so many, will say, nope, you can't sell that product anymore. It's not approved by the FDA to do that. And you think you have economic freedom in America. My aspirin. I guess if you're selling aspirin, you would. <laughs> have that freedom. So go organic, grow your own food, make your own baby food. You're better off controlling for that and also doing the things homeopathically, herbally, supplementally that can help reduce the inevitable exposure for which we have no control. There is some of that. And it's one thing to pray to God for help, but it's another to do that which is within your power to do. And I've said this about, Super Don has joked with me about praying hurricanes away and things like that. And I take it all in good humor, Super Don. It's okay. We can talk about those things. But it's one thing to pray for health and healing and then continue to eat food with cadmium in it. It's like, what are you doing? And it's much like, you know, the, the old joke about 
you know, the, the guy that's on the rooftop after the flood praying for God to save him. And there's a boat that comes by another boat, whatever helicopter, and you end up dead because you said no to all of them. God will provide. And then you meet God or a representative of God at the pearly gates. And you ask why God didn't you save me? And he's like, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. What were you thinking? And, and, and there's so much of that that still goes on in terms of prayer, how to pray. And then you're given all of these gifts and tools or these things that you don't even have to pray for because they're already part of you to take better steps to care for your body and your health. How many excuses can we make to say, well, no, I can't. I got to still feed my baby cadmium-laced baby food. I guess we can make up excuses for anything, but what's most important to you? Do you cut anything else out so you can either afford food that doesn't contain cadmium or grow your own and make your own? Or do you say, God, that was just too hard to do that? So I just went to the corner drugstore and bought some, I don't know if it's is Gerber. I, they probably have organic now too, but I'm just saying, what are you willing and able to do? What is it, you've heard that God helps those who help themselves. What are you willing to do? What are you able to do? Or what are you too lazy not, to do and you don't do it? And you go, God, why didn't you do that for me? I know that's the hard thing because many of us have gotten it, had it so easy in this lifetime. Oh, we've all got challenges, but I didn't have to grow food growing up. We got it from the grocer's freezer or the grocery store or the drive-thru. Had all the calories I needed. Of course, I was toxic and sick. I had to learn the lesson hard so that I could communicate what I communicate here on the Robert Scott Bell Show two hours a day, five days a week with an additional Sunday conversation hour on Sundays. And we'll be live from the Red Pill Expo as well this weekend and many other events that are coming up. All right, Super Don, have I alienated anybody in the audience today over baby food and cadmium in it <laughs> as opposed to, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't okay. think, I don't think so, but you know, it's, it's just, it's like the lead in the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm, in let's this, think yeah. about this for a second. How long is, how, how long have we had baby food? Mm -hmm. Are you telling me that all these years later, uh, they still have not figured out how to get cadmium, lead, out, cadmium out. arsenic, you know, whatever it is out of the baby food. Yeah. It's like, I mean, is it really that difficult to do? Mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't think so. Hi, you know, I've been doing this with you now for 18 years, mm -hmm. 17 years, 18. I don't know. Something yeah, like that. somewhere. In. Uh, this is not the first time I've heard this. I'll bet you, I'll bet you I've heard this at least, you know, I mean. Oh, a dozen or more times? How many times? Yeah. You know, how yeah. many times does this end up in the news? Mm -hmm. And and uh, people will read them and go, oh, my goodness. No, that, that can't be. Oh my! Did you say? Hey, hey, did you did you see this article here? There's arsenic in the in the food. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness! Oh man! And then what do people do about it? They well, forget man. about it and they just go on about their business and stuff like that. And then six months from now, some AP uh, reporter decides to uh, put an article out and and it comes up again. You know, or, but, the, or they clamor for socialized medicine to cover the drugs that they need because of the food that they ate. No relation to the food they ate, of course. It's about, yeah. I need my drugs. I want them cheap. I want them fast. I want them now. I want them for free. We ask for things that bring us a rapid demise, increase our suffering, not decrease it. And I am, I guess I'm a hard ass on this. <laughs> uh, you, you're not going to go to government and solve the problem that government has helped facilitate or create. You got to make your own baby food. Exactly. Right. 
Yeah. Do better. Uh, I think we are asked to do better. And if you don't think so, again, tune into a different show. Now, precocious puberty. What is that? It's an alliteration. It's uh, it's brought back up to our attention because a headline here at U.S. News: COVID pandemic might have pushed more girls into early puberty. What? 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 Uh, is this a spike protein thing? What is this? More girls started puberty before age eight during the COVID nineteen pandemic scamdemic, a phenomenon called precocious puberty. What are the reasons they say? Potential risk factors: increased screen time. And less exercise. Well, I'm trying to find a, a, a sense in that. I mean, obviously, you're you're not exercising. But does that lead? Is that a history there of the endocrine system? Do you you like if you don't exercise, you go into puberty at eight years of age? Is that it? That doesn't fully make sense to me. But you you this is something that's been going on for all all the time of my lifetime. I've been aware of this, where younger and younger boys and girls are entering puberty. And that's weird. Shouldn't be happening. You've got thousands of years of recorded history of when girls transition on average and start having menstrual cycles, meaning they're at the age where they could potentially reproduce, have children. Eight years old, really? How about seven, eight, nine, and 10? Is that really, shouldn't it be like historically speaking in those early teen years when that was more normal? It kept going, coming down earlier and earlier. I would argue, again, the food. How have we messed with nutrition? How have we altered our agricultural practices resulting in exposure to endocrine-disrupting hormones, compounds, plasticizers, et cetera, that are eliciting abnormal development at earlier and earlier stages? What is it about COVID that did that? Now, we know that COVID injections have instigated bleeding in, in postmenopausal women as if they're cycling again. And so many women and girls, in fact, who had already had the cycles, started having even more breakthrough bleeding. It's not that I just started it because there's been that problem for all the time. I've been a homeopath almost 30 years now, observing the aberrant endocrine uh, function of both men and women, but particularly more obvious in women. But to have eight-year-old girls more than ever converting into adults at that age? I mean, I'm not disputing that it has happened. I'm not surprised at getting into the question is, is there a different trigger? Uh, according to this, uh, let's see, girls diagnosed with precocious puberty during the pandemic tended to have a higher BMI. Oh, isn't that racist BMI? Um, let's see. They also spent an average of two hours per day using electronic devices. About 88.5% of them stopped all physical activity. Here's the quote. The role of stress, social isolation, increased conflicts between parents, economic status, and the increased use of hand and service sanitizers represent potentially further interesting hypotheses as to why early puberty is increasing in youth, although the consequences of biological adaptation cannot be entirely ruled out. Now, that's an interesting thing. The sanitizers, could they be having an endocrine disruptive uh, impact? I would think so, because anything that impacts the microbiome, external and internal, will also affect, affect endocrine, normal endocrine health and production of those hormones, youth to adult type hormones. Remember Dr. Christopher's hormonal changes as a normalizer and optimizer of female endocrine function. You could even take it during the menopausal years. It's still helpful. Dr. Christopher's, you can get at Jonathan's website, choose to be healthy.com. Choose to be healthy.com. When you check out, they also have the hundred percent whole food supplements we use and you can check out, use the code RSB five to get a discount, a little, little discount at the end and say thanks to Jonathan for supporting the Robert Scott Bell show and all y'all for, 
tuning into the show and sharing the show, or even better, becoming a patron supporter of the show. Leaving a little bit, as little as five bucks a month can help us uh, maintain an outreach and do better. Uh, we've, we've got some uh, uh, attempts here to do some more outreach through social media we've never done before. And uh, we're excited to learn if that, if that helps or not. And hopefully it does. And that's because of your support that we can do this. Once again, thanks to orangeguard.com. Go to your Whole Foods and ask for Orange Guard by name. The safe, Omri listed, even for organic agriculture, pest management, the limiting-based solution. Distill it from the orange peel, from citrus peel. Wonderful, wonderful option for you. All right, Super D, we got about a, a, little, a minute or so left for our simulcast. We do a bonus round as well. Afterwards, if you want to stick around, come on over to robertscottbell.com and join us. There's a live chat room there and various social media where we're not banned. Hopefully ever, but yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. So what do we got? It's August. Let me look at the... Can, do we have... Um, Saturday the 26th open, do you know? Because if so, maybe that could be our next AMA. Is that our next Zoom. AMA? <clears throat> yeah, what do you think of that? Well, let me see here. Saturday the 26th uh, comes up as wide open to me too, so okay. I'm going to type in here. So AMA. we're tentatively scheduling our next Zoom AMA for our patron supporters, and those of you who have just become patrons, thank you. You can also uh, watch all the previous Zoom AMAs that we still have, and a number of you who we're there, and some of you called in and told us why you listen to or watch the Robert Scott Bell Show are going to be getting a package of organic quality apricots from my backyard, freeze-dried. And it looks like I may have enough to send everybody I wanted to send, Super Don. So we'll talk about that more on the bonus round. Nice. Thank you all for being here on TV and elsewhere. Thanks to Marcus Ellis. God bless you. The power to heal is yours. All right. See, Leslie's complaining. Leslie is complaining. She hasn't got her apricots yet. No. (laughs) I was saying now that Nancy's back, I can probably ship them out. Yeah, I think so this week. Now that I've got up, we've been packaging as fast as I can run that freeze dryer, uh, some RSB show apricots. So this is still bothering me a little bit on the right, my shoulder, my left shoulder. Is that that injury thing? It's just, it's just sense of the skin is growing back and stuff. And the knee, uh, but I went back, as I said, to, to work out today. I did okay, but I, I didn't push it all the way. But uh, anyway, I'm back. Yeah, right. I know, Leslie. I know you're just teasing. I'm teasing too. <clears throat> Where's my pie? <laughs> I miss my pie. Is there some of that coming? I don't know. Anyway, Marcus was on fire today. He was great. I've never seen him I was, that awesome. He was great. Yeah, I just, because, uh, you know, we've had him on the show before. Mm-hmm. And... We kind of had a feeling, you know, where things were going to go. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, it usually is with, with Marcus when he comes yeah. on. We talk about the insurance and the, you know, uh, the, the thing that he does. Uh, yeah. But this was an, a Marcus we've never seen before. <laughs> I was just, I was just watching. I was like hanging on, you know, as we were going for this ride because, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, what, what awesome. a story he has. Mm-hmm. Uh great yeah yeah i mean it was yeah it was awesome so mm-hmm. um you could have gone and made a sandwich i did it was great i did, <laughs> I did. uh but yeah really he brought it i'm glad i'm so yeah. excited to see him uh this weekend red pill and then also at cancer control and what uh, a passion some- he has right you oh, know for, sure. for this and information and you know his own personal experience what a what a crazy thing he went through i think what did it today my sense of it is what we opened the show with. And then you and I were talking about it. He was fired up. Mm-hmm. He was like ready. And that just, cause yeah. remember 
at the end of the hour, if you missed the first hour, Marcos was like, I haven't even said anything about what I thought. Yeah, it was, he spent five it, minutes on what it is he came on to talk which about. Which is beautiful because that's yeah. what I wanted. And it doesn't always happen right. because, you know, guests will have, this is what I want to talk about. But so much of what I want them to talk about has little or nothing to do until the end where it could be like, all right, here's that thing. Because right. there's so much of the story that I try to bring out from people that I'm not saying it's more interesting or less. It's just, it's part of the whole thing. By the time you get to that last thing, that's real important. You now have a framework and a context like never before with Marcus. Right. That was just devastatingly powerful. What he shared his story and yep. so on point. So, yes, sir. All right. So what else we got going on here? I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I, I really don't have much here. It's <laughs> um it was a slow morning for me, but it, it was it, huh? things really picked up. So did you have any uh, more delicious food coming out of your garden this weekend? Uh I found a tomato. Hmm. It's a big one too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I haven't big... been able to grow the big ones so much, but a lot of the little ones yeah. they do well. You want me to show you my tomato? Yeah, and, and, uh, I, I, I will show you my. T oh, and I, I'll I'll grab the pickles too. Okay, and did you? And also my uh, blackberries. I think I sent another picture of them. As Arnold would say, "Screw your blackberries." <laughs> They're delicious, though. They're amazing. Some great blackberries ripening. I was just talking with Laban and Anna, our, our friends. Uh, you know the Ditch Burns and. Uh, I'm like, you guys are missing out. They're they're right now in the Tampa area. I'm like, you're missing all the ripe blackberries. Um, but my gosh, it was good. Leslie, I just sent you our harvest from last night. What did you send me? Your, if your harvest is a pie, I want it. What are you talking about, Leslie? I'm just looking at that. She probably sent some pictures. I'll go look here in just a second. Okay. So, so I found this tomato. Uh, Call that yesterday Bob the tomato. That's a beautiful. Big that's a, that's a, yeah. You know. And you just, when these things are uh, just, you know, started to turn red, you pick them mm -hmm. and let them ripen on the windowsill. Yes. Because uh, what I learned was mm -hmm. that once a tomato starts to ripen, turn red, that it the, the plant can no longer do anything for the tomato. It's like it's just reached a point where it's like it's not going to get any more nutrients. It's not going to okay. get whatever like that. So, so you, you can, can you early. can leave it on the plant mm -hmm. and it can just sit there and maybe and a bird it. can eat it or oh. a bug can get it or something like that. Or you can just pick it and it'll ripen uh, faster sitting on the windowsill than it will sitting on the plant. Yeah. Well, it's a gorgeous tomato. I yeah. Then we had a bunch of uh, uh, cucumbers. Oh my God. Over the weekend. My wife is knows how to do canning, which is awesome. I said, I, I want to do and a, a, so a tray. We, we've got cups. several bottles of the, uh, the, the cucumbers, which are going to become pickles. And this here has, uh, it's got dill. Mm -hmm. Well, it's got the brine in it. It's got dill. It's got a clove of garlic in there. Yeah. And then I picked some of the jalapenos that grew on the, the plant out here. And so, so these are going to be the spicy dills. Oh my and gosh. then we have some of the regular ones. You're making me hungry. Yeah, that's kind of fun. I think it's awesome. Kind of fun. So, all right, let me, uh, I'll grab what uh, Leslie I think, sent I think, me here. Okay, yeah, Leslie sent you some pics too. She's just doing amazing work. I, uh, Leslie, I watched your update, your video update, I think you put on the social media. It was like quite a tour of everything that's been going on. You are amazing. Your family is amazing. James is amazing. 
just uh, folks, if you don't get to the family reunion next year, I don't know what you're thinking. Uh, you learn a lot. All right, let me get this in where I can show you. Uh, there. Is this it? There we go. So, zoom in. Mm -hmm. What do we got here? Oh, my gosh. Oh, look at that. It's a beautiful harvest. And Yellow squash. You got cucumbers there. Some uh, Swiss chard, it looks like. And uh, see the zucchini. Is that a little watermelon? Looks like a little round watermelon. Yeah, oh, beets. Look at the beets. Yeah, look at that. Nicely done. I have not done beets yet. I, I attempted to last year, and they mm. just didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. It was a bum, a bum yeah. plant. Oh, well. And I, I uh, had the same thing happen with the watermelons this year. Mm. It was going to be the first year we did watermelons, and it was the most bizarre thing because I bought the plant from the, the nursery, and I stuck it in the ground. Yeah. And then suddenly there was like these these, uh, these other leaves that didn't match the original leaves that started growing right out of the middle of the plant. Oh. And I was like. What is it? Okay, I don't know. I've never grown watermelon before. I don't know what it's supposed to look like. And then it, then a big uh, yellow flower came out of the middle, and I was kind of like. What is that? That looks a lot like a dandelion to me, but I don't know. I'm not a gardener. I mean, you know, I don't know this stuff. I'm not a professional. And eventually it just really started growing, and I was like, this is not right. And so apparently somehow it either came from the the uh, nursery that mm -hmm. way or somehow it just happened when I planted it. Mm -hmm. But a dandelion grew in the middle of the plant and choked out the, wow. <laughs> the watermelon. It's like, oh, well, oh, man. We've got, we've got a bunch of melons this year. We're hoping that they'll... they'll Dude, uh, we've got cantaloupes, those. which cantaloupes. are super cool. Every, nice. every morning when I go out there, they're a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. Mm. I mean, we've got one that's about almost full size now. Nice. Now, here's the thing. Have you grown cantaloupes before? Uh, we have, yes. How do you know when they're done, when they're ready? Well, we kind of watch Is there a trick for, to it? We kind of watch for... Well, make sure that, that bugs are not getting in it, first of all, yeah. so you monitor that. But you'd start to see, at least I saw they would, uh, the, the lead in, if you will, to the, to the actual thing would start to kind of dry up a little bit, like an umbilical was stuck. Oh, so okay. It seemed, that's what I've experienced. Now there might be better, more experienced cantaloupe growers. Uh, yeah. Leslie, Leslie flicks them. You know, yeah, the, listen, I, I think, is this a, th I mean, is this real? Yes, it's real. How many, how many yes, times, you know, it's like you go to the grocery store and you see people and they're like, that's real. You're like bongos, you know? Yeah, you can attune to that sound. It is. How do you know what the sound is of a good one, though? What is it? What is that sound supposed to be? So just sound hollow, that's it. Sounds hollow. It's got a reverberation that you can tell. It's like an area in there that doesn't feel like. Anyway, that's why I've done that too, Leslie. So, okay. Another way to go back. Yeah, because I don't know. All I know is that there's, I've got, I think, five. That uh, we're really excited your, about. You can ask your buddy at ChatGPT. I'll tell you. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I could. Hey, man, don't knock ChatGPT. <laughs> I know, dude. I'm like, yeah. <sighs> just flick them. Flick them. Gonna yeah. flick it. Mm -hmm. All right. But yeah, we're gonna have tons of tomatoes this year. I mean, they're just they're all green right now, but mm -hmm. there's just a gazillion of them. So I'm looking forward to that. And the onions are, are uh, they're starting to come above the ground now. Oh, nice. So you can see how big they are. I'll have to take pictures. I mean, we've got, we probably got 
I'm, I'm guesstimate we're going to have a hundred pounds or more of potatoes this fall. Nice. We decided to try that. A lot of potatoes. We've done well with them in the little bits, and it's like a calorie dense kind of think about winter making mm-hmm. potatoes is good. That's so, the, that's the Irish in you. Yeah, I guess. If I, I don't know if I, I've never done those tests, I don't want to do those tests. But I like yeah. potatoes. I do. With lots of is there a possibility? There might, might be. A- I don't know of it, but then again, when they do these genetic tests, who knows what they find in these physical lineage? Right. So I don't know. Okay. I'm, all, I'm not really as interested as some people are in that regard. I think it's over. Over. It's a curiosity. Yeah, that's all. And I, yeah, the thing is, is the accuracy. I don't mm-hmm. know. I mean, you know, they send you this thing. They're like, you are one one sixteenth Swahili or something, you know, and you're just like, yeah, I guess I'll take your word for it. I mean, how accurate are these tests? I don't know. You mm-hmm. just have to, I don't know. It's probably, I think it's more of a novelty thing than anything else. Because, you, you know, you can do that with dogs, too. Why? You, you can do the DNA thing and send it in, and they'll send you the results back on what breeds are your your dog oh, okay. has. Are there any breeds? Would you feel dogs? more comfortable doing that than giving them your DNA? Yes, I would. Okay. Screw I'd the like, dog. I don't know. Dog are doesn't we, need privacy. Are there any kinds of dogs you wouldn't allow <laughs> sleep in bed with you? That's the question. Um, maybe. I don't know. Okay. We love our dogs. Yeah, I know. I know you do. I'm like, dude, I still wouldn't want to sleep with them. No. That's just me. Everybody's some got people their own do, thing. some people don't. There that'd be a good poll question, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you sleep with your dog? Right or would you? Yeah. Now, if you're not a dog owner, then I don't think I don't think that qualifies. No, that's a, you're disqualified. You're detached from, from the for situation. Those, for those who love dogs, do you like a dog sleeping in your bed with you? Leslie, says Leslie, gross. I'm with Leslie. Yeah, <laughs> no dogs on the bed. I'm with you, Leslie. Absolutely. <laughs> really? You, you barely should let your kid now. In the bed now hold on a second here, because there's listen. Um, I'm going to guess, Leslie, your dogs are outside dogs. They are for the most part. Now, that's going to be different. If you've got a a strictly inside dog, Mm -hmm. goes through the, to the, the, um, whatever it's called, the groomer, you know, it's, it's not something that's got, you know, like poop in its fingernails and, you know, so, oh, she says, no, they live inside. Really? I figured they'd be, they'd be cattle dogs or something. Other dogs go outside. I saw the dogs outside. We're talking about inside dogs. Now, if I had a dog that, that you know, ran around outside and, and you know, then, then yeah, that probably not. But these are, these are inside dogs. But I think, like, Leslie's technique is better. They sleep on either side of the bed, not in the bed. Gotcha. Like, you guys can hang out on the floor. Hmm. Bed is for yeah. humans. Not us. Yeah. I mean, our dogs are, are small dogs. You know, yeah. they're not, like, big dogs. But how often do you have to, like, bathe them or whatever so they don't smell? About once a month. They can go a month before they smell? Yeah. Like I said, they're just inside dogs. They don't do it. You know, the, the life of our dogs is they get up in the morning. They, you know, they lay on the couch. They lay next to me here in, in, the, in the, the office. The only time they go to the bathroom, they go outside is to go to the bathroom. So, hmm. yeah. See, uh, Leslie bathes them once a week. Cats will bathe every day. Yeah, but see, your dogs are outside a lot, Leslie. They're not just, they don't like sit inside all that time. So they get dirty, you know? All right, Nancy, what's your secret to have your dogs not having the dog smell? How often do you have to bait? I guess maybe, is it a breed issue? Maybe it's what you're feeding them. Are they eating a species appropriate diet? I mean, all of those things are. Yeah. See, farm dogs are different. 
They're, they're surrounded by animal manure. Yep. Anyway, maybe I'll do a poll, a poll question some some point. <laughs> For all the animal lovers, I mean, do, do you let your cat sleep in your bed with you? Uh, no. No. No cat either, huh? No, well, look... Uh, the cats are easier to, you know, when they curl up, whatever, it's not a problem. It's not like they take up much space, no. but boy, when they want to get up, they make sure you get up too. They will, they will slap you. Dogs around. are the same. Yeah. They're like, get up now. It's like for that reason, it's like, uh, it's not worth it. No, my no. dogs, they get me up and it really stinks because you can't, I have not figured out yet how to inform a dog that today is Saturday. Yeah. No, that see, that's like right. that to me is like you don't impede on my sleep cycle. <laughs> that's where you, you cross the line, and so uh, you know we, we, we and, and after a while, I mean, our cat's been pretty good recently, and it hasn't tried to you know, if you don't have that door properly closed, it's a little cat, but she'll just ram that door open. I mean, that's mm -hmm. like some strong strong uh, animal muscles. She's got a loud a loud meow too. Yeah, she'll let you know when she's hungry. In fact, she but, kind of kind of uh, blew my ear out uh, this morning when yes, we were talking right on Skype. I was yeah. like, "Whoa!" What that is was that? funny. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see here. What is what is this weird statement from? Yeah, Paul? no, I, I know. I just saw this here from Paul McPurvistone. I love this podcast. There's one thing uh, I would like to suggest. It would be so much better if you spoon fed each other mayonnaise. That's just gross. Uh, don't do drugs, kids. Yes, right. Despite what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy says, I don't bathe them. They are clean. They groom themselves. Dogs groom themselves now? Yeah, they clean themselves. All right. Yeah. Look, I'm learning something new about dogs. I mean, cats do too. Yeah. But, you know, dogs do it as well. Hmm. So. Yeah. Well, there you go. Pet talk. Well, and, and in Leslie's house, dogs and cats do sleep together. So it's That's an interesting right. place there. Mass yeah. hysteria. And there's amazing organic pie occasionally coming out of there. <sighs> All right. So we do have, it uh, looks like, uh, our next Zoom AMA set up for the 26th of August, which is Saturday. will be noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So that allows our European buddies to be on with us. And it's not so late at night for them. And... Leslie said that sounds like a fake account, <laughs> whoever that was. Yeah, that's, I blocked uh, him on blocked him on reach. Yeah, that's uh, one of those weird things. I appreciate silly humor. I yeah, do. we don't mind. Let's see, what about um, mayo on your burger? Do you put ketchup and mayo and mustard on it, or what? Uh, definitely mayo. Mm -hmm. Speaking of mayonnaise, thank you, Mister McPurstone. Did you, um, did you find um, the ones that have not the seed oils in them now? That's the big thing. Everybody's aware, finally, that the seed oils are rancid and bad. and pro Yeah, there's all kinds that you can choose from. I mean, yeah. I've used the uh, the uh, olive oil uh, mm -hmm. one, which is pretty good. And, you know, the thing is, is, yeah, some of them are do taste. You, you can totally tell the difference. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them you can't, really. Yeah. I mean, in my experience, you know, you, you, you get the different uh, mayonnaises. The olive oil may uh, mayonnaise is the one I'm I'm probably have used the most, mm -hmm. and it, it seems it seems just fine. And then I will do sometimes I'll do ketchup. Yeah, ketchup probably more than mustard. Although I'm a big fan of mustard. Yeah, but not just plain mustard. You like to have it like I have got probably five different varieties of mustard in my refrigerator right now. Gotcha. 
that you know different different flavors and and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I'm a big fan of of the the garlic aioli mustard and you know give me give me I'll take a uh, a Dijon over a, just a regular old mustard wow. any day. Hey, I got to ask you a question, and this doesn't go through you; it goes through your wife probably. Mm. But can I do a barter trade for some uh, dried apricots for a a, a, a a pickle jar? Well, we've got I've got kids. I don't care about your kids. So Not in that way, <laughs> I will see if there's one left because okay. I know everybody got excited uh, about the the pickle thing. So I think we've got three. Three regular mm-hmm. dill and yeah. two spicy, dude. Those are going to be awesome. And no, so I'm, let me I'm see teasing. what I can do. Let I'm me teasing. see what I can you do. No, 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 no. Listen, first. listen. We are listen. She, the, my wife used to learn how to do canning with her mom. Yeah. And so when she was in the kitchen and we were doing this, it was fun to watch her do this because it was the first time uh-huh. that she has done this since she was a little girl Seriously? learning how to do this with her mom. Did it and look like she knew what she was doing? She totally knew. Yeah, because her mom taught her how to do everything. Yeah. Thank you, mom-in-law, because awesome. my wife yeah. is a fantastic cook, a fantastic baker. She's knows she's crafty and you know, all this stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was fun watching her do it because it was like she was experiencing some feelings from her childhood and nice. the experiences with her childhood in doing, in doing the whole thing. And I got to watch her do it, and I, thought, I was kind of fascinated by it. It's really not that hard to do. Right. Well, that's the thing, though. If you if you hadn't had that skill set put in you early, it's very daunting. To yeah. you got to boil the things just right. You're like no, you're worried no, she about just, everything that could go wrong. It was I mean, nothing, man. She just yeah. whipped it up. I mean, she, I think she looked up the the recipe to make sure that she remembered how to do it correctly with the brine. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, she just put stuff in the jar and put the jars in the the pot and boiled the water and put them on the thing and waited for the the little the little nipples on the uh, on the lid. To 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 go something? go down oh, down okay yeah or I get yeah. pops down instead of popping okay. up yeah right. as it cools you know yeah yeah <clears throat> and she's like yeah we got to wait two weeks that's the downside to it is you got to wait about two weeks before you eat them because it takes that amount of time for them to set up you know and, and be done mm-hmm. so I uh, I set an alarm on my phone yeah <laughs> hey Google <laughs> all right <laughs> remind me two weeks from today that the pickles are ready. So, uh, yeah, so we got to nice. wait on that. But well, I'm a, uh, what I'm I was going to say, Robert, is yes. that she's like really excited about doing this again now. Mm-hmm. So we were thinking about going down to the farmer's market on Saturday, mm-hmm. picking up some organic uh, uh, cucumbers, cucumbers. Yeah. and making more. Nice. So even if this there's, there's not enough here, yeah, but we I, will make more. I'm spoiled. I want like super Don Garden pickles. I, I just. Eh, all right. But well. listen. No worries, but regardless, I'm going to be sending you guys some dried apricots too. In fact, looking forward to that. Yes. We for everybody that won some last week uh, from the contest, uh, looks like I'm going to have enough to send out, like I said I would, and, like I hoped I would. And then uh, for the winners at the AMA, including Leslie, you're going to be getting those soon too. Uh, so they are just like, oh my gosh, they're so good, so good, like little candy pieces, like. Just nature's candy in that case. Right. So that's going to be fun. All right. So how are we looking this week for uh, guests and things? I think uh, tomorrow, um, let's see, we got a new show. I've got to do a Zoom invite because i got to do a training during our first hour. But I'm gonna, we're going to record our first hour in the morning and go live second hour, right? That's our plan for Tuesday and Thursday? Correct. Yes. Okay. So 
So on Tuesday, oh, Derek it looks Bros. Derek Bros. Yep. He's awesome. I like Derek a lot. He's fantastic. And then we have, uh, let's see, second hour, Heather Alice Shea from the Atman Academy, looks like. That's yes. tomorrow, all right, as well. And Atmana Academy. Okay. And let's see. What else then we got? On Thursday, Dr. James Johnston. Uh, he's a DO. Okay. Will be in hour one. He's treated over 3,000 patients with acute or long haul COVID in the last mm -hmm. several years and recently won cases before uh, that'll the be medical good. board. So that'll be good. Do we know if Ty's available for Wednesday? It's now that the. the I will have to check on that. Okay. Yeah. See if he can do that. It's and a, hit and, a hit and miss situation. Heading out Thursday after the show to go to Des Moines, but we should be live on the 11th Friday from Des Moines, Iowa, and we'll pepper in some interviews and conversations over the weekend. Uh, Joni Abbott will be there with me. I'm looking forward to that. So we'll have some catch-up time and do some more great, great broadcasting. And who knows what else going sure. on. So do you think there's a, a grabbable clip from today's show? Oh, yeah. Certainly. Yeah, you mark something. Okay. You know, I've 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 managed to uh, allocate some brain cells mm -hmm. to listening, um, mm -hmm. and so yeah, I, I definitely have more than one that I could probably come up with for today. Well, so. the theory is that we have so much content that it's almost overwhelming and too much that if you can grab a little snippet occasionally and put it out in social media, that people go, "Oh, who is that RSB guy? What is that show all about? That's interesting," and maybe brought bring some more eyes and ears to the show which of course helps us to reach out, you know, to those in need and help those that want to help yeah. themselves. And so that's a good thing. So, that's you know, I think, you know, after 24 years of doing the show, it's probably time that we start maybe telling people about us, right? Yeah, maybe we could do Why that. not? You guys Why are not? great for doing it, but we got to, we got to do some too, I guess. So that's where we're at. Yep. All right. Anything else? Any other questions or comments coming through the various chat room channels, anything on going on on, uh, what's the, uh, I forget the other one. The Rumble. That's that Rumble channel. Anybody there today? Let's see here. Um, what does it say? P-E-R-A-C-H Parachtov. Uh, 34. My cat sleeps with me every night. Mm-hmm. The question uh, is, does it wake you up before you want to wake up? That's the only issue. I don't mind. Get, I'm not opposed to having cats in the bed, but it's just that wake up in the morning. It's like, no, don't do that. Oh, 16-year-old. The cat is 16 years old. That's that's good. That's a good wow. age for a cat. That's, that's yeah. pretty impressive, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> what do you see? Um, you know, I'm not a fan of bots. We've talked about bots on this show before. Bots yeah. uh, do not have a, a good reputation. Mm -hmm. They've been accused of uh, spreading misinformation, influencing elections. Mm. Uh, but I got to say, I'm impressed here okay. with the honesty of this bot Okay. on Rumble in the chat room. There's several messages here. It's kind of spamming the, uh, the chat room. Mm -hmm. But the name of the bot, Yeah. I'm a bot. <laughs> I mean, come on! I almost, I, I you know, I'm almost going to give the bot uh, a free pass here. I think, uh, just because it's honest. It's kind of like the kind of like the homeless guy standing on the corner. It's holding a sign. It says, "Why lie? I need a beer." Okay, yeah, straight up. You know, respect that. Uh, so, yeah. what is I'm a bot saying worthwhile? Anything or uh, advertising? Let's see here. 
Uh, free energy cure for cancer. Um, oh, so it's that kind of bot. Yeah. A promotional bot. Yeah. Anyway. Click on here and get free stuff. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. Well, you really do get free stuff here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you're part of the Patreon community, you often win stuff. And we ran that contest last week. We got to do some kind of promo about, you know, the putting it out there. You know, maybe those snippets would be fun to put out. I don't know. Yeah. People are like, oh, that's why they listen. Maybe I should listen. I think I should take my clip on the 15-watt light bulb and put it out there. That would be, that was a funny clip, dude. I never heard you rant on 15-watt light bulbs I've listened before. to it several times. I've made myself laugh That's every good. once in a while, something like that. I love it. I uh, And I appreciate DJ Katie Organic uh, being a good sport because that wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, you were so mean to her. I, I just struck a nerve. <laughs> Don't ever talk to me about uh, the plates what? being too hot to touch at a Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. Right. My my kids hate it when we go to a Mexican rest restaurant. Because you're going to talk about the hot Everybody plates. rolls their eyes. In fact, that's probably why we haven't gone to Mexican in a while. You've um, ruined it for them. I think so. Because, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I can't help it. In the middle of dinner, I just go off. So I bought a 10-pack of 60-watt incandescent light bulbs on Friday. Ordered it online. 60-watt? 60 60-watt. 60 because a lot of the times you have the fixtures that have multiple outlets Right, and they'll use the sixty watt bulb. And I like get that. And you know what? I sixty watt is about the the least I would ever go. Yeah, but I'm not talking one because usually I you know. Have them set I up, know. Don't like, worry about it. I'm not going to jump you. You're I'm not going to. It's okay. You're not going to set me off you. because you said sixty watt. It's okay. Right. It's a multiple outlet kind of thing. So you have yeah. multiple sixties, and that adds sure. up a lot. So uh, sure. those are the hardest ones to find because they're most common. What we use in a lot of the fixtures. Yeah, and I even bought out back from, in the day. And if it was something that was a sixty watt, I would pick up the seventy five because hmm. it was a little bit brighter than the sixty, but not you know. How not, truthful were those receptacles to say, "Do not put more than a sixty watt in here"? Right? Yeah. You know, some of them were rated for. Yeah, I'm not an electrician, so I don't know. Yep, I don't know. But I bought ten of them uh, because they're still available. They can sell through. I'm hoping whoever's president next. Or one state would nullify it. But again, is there enough people in one state to nullify it where it make it profitable to manufacture incandescence despite the federal, you know, Well, I still want to know, and I don't know, maybe I'm passing up on a, on a, uh, becoming a millionaire with, uh -huh. the, with the idea. But you remember one of the, the exceptions. The left-hand bulbs. Yeah, they were like, if yeah. it's a left-hand bulb, then it's, it's excluded. So is it possible to make an adapter that you would screw a left-hand bulb into that you could then insert into a right hand screen fixture mm -hmm. and have it fit and and I, I would think that it it i can't imagine that you couldn't make that work i'm not an elect like you say i'm yeah. not an electrician but Somebody it's just it's just out. metal you know you just, just gotta make the exception to the rule and go with it but in the meantime it'd be nice if there were just freedom to to utilize it in the marketplace then yeah. these bulbs wouldn't cost 9.95 a, a piece yeah as well yeah, so. kind of dumb. Yeah. Got to right. save the whales, though. Save the whales. Good show, my friend. Thank you for uh, for being here. <laughs> yeah. I'm grateful that I'm here. So. Me too. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us, listening to us ramble. <laughs> uh, we'll That's be back. round. We will back, be back tomorrow. And uh, remember, if you have any questions, comments, or anything like that, we'd love to hear from you. Website, robertscottbell.com. Email, you can ask to go email to askrsb at gmail.com or you can leave us a voicemail 
at 866-939-2355. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. We got a question of the day coming in from Edward, uh, Eduardo. Can you put that in for tomorrow's show? Because we're about done. Uh, I can't copy it from the chat room. Well, I'd I have can. To try and... Oh, you can? Yeah. It, there's a web-based version of the chat room that I can actually Oh, that's what it. you use. Yeah. That, here, I do. I'm going to drop it into Skype so we'll have it for tomorrow. Okay. All right. Yeah, <laughs> Eduardo, we will, we will uh, cover that for you tomorrow. Okay. Sounds good. Thank uh, you all for being here. All right. See you tomorrow.